0: Bodies have been recovered and a search for more is continuing. Firefighters say they're hoping to lift the wreckage of the aircraft out of the building today. Fewer police stations are likely in Hertfordshire and council tax will rise, according to the Harts Police Commissioner David Lloyd. He's written an open letter to residents explaining where he hopes to make £30 million worth of savings to cope with the reduction in budget for the force. Political reporter Paul Scoyne says more.
1: The Commissioner says £30 million must be saved from the force's £200 million budget. He plans to do this by increasing council tax by around 10p a week for the average resident and by reducing the size of the force's estate, which looks likely to mean front desks in some stations will close. David Lloyd will also call for greater collaboration between forces in Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire, which already share major crime, dog and armed response units.
0: Ed Miliband will visit the VW National Training Centre in Milton Keynes today. In a speech to staff, the Labour leader is due to dismiss the government's energy levy shake-up as smoke and mirrors, saying ministers do not get the cost-of-living crisis. He'll insist the cosy deal reached with the big six power firms will still see bills going up this winter. Investigators say they're still trying to establish what caused yesterday's train crash in New York. Four people died when the service came off on a bend. A public toilet is for sale at Hightown in Luton. It closed down two years ago and now the facility in the Burr Street car park is on the market. Tony Fisher asked these people if anyone is interested.
2: There's a toilet block up for sale here. Do you fancy buying a toilet block? Oh, thank uh, no, sure? huh? no, thank you. No, you sure? It's a good location.
3: Well, it's the driveway. That's your driveway. There's your little garden. You know, make it to a little studio
0: flat.
4: you be laughing, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And the weather, a dry day and largely cloudy with some bright spells this afternoon and a high of 8 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties.
5: We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks.
6: When you approach Hitchin down Windmill Hillside, especially in the winter, it's all lit up and it looks beautiful.
5: All this week in Hitchin. I think the people are really,
6: really pleasant. Yeah, it's just
5: a nice old market town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio I think this is the last of the mild mornings we're going to have yeah, the mild I had a really disappointing sleep. Night... I get up at four o'clock, okay so I woke up about one o'clock went to the toilet to have a wee got back in bed, looked on my clock it was five minutes to four what happened? how on earth did that happen? so I had four really tense awkward minutes in bed waiting for the alarm to kick in Thanks, Life. Thanks a lot. Coming up on the show this morning, and as always, we'd like you to have your say on this, a Bedford solicitor is facing a jail sentence for helping a severely learning disabled brother and sister sign away the rights to their home. They can't read or write and made their mark with their first initial. Well, should the loan company have accepted their application? Hertfordshire Police Commissioners warning residents to expect a council tax hike in his bid to get a bigger share. And yet he's talking about closing police stations. Well, when was the last time you actually used a police station? And a room with a view of three dodgy cubicles and a urinal. Luton Council are selling off one of their public loos. I've lived in some toilets in the past. Have you... Who writes this stuff? Me. Here we go, you see. Let's get your stories about the worst places you've ever lived in, please. 08459 4555 555 Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR and you can send me a text. 81333. Start your text. 3CR.
5: Across beds,
7: hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the greatest of respect, Justin Dealey is... Where, where is Dealey this week? What's going on with him?
8: I don't know. He just didn't come in.
7: OK, so Justin Dealey's not bothered to turn up. So we've gone uh, for the, uh, the B list um, and they weren't in, so we went straight to the C list. Fortunately, we couldn't get any of them, so Sophie's popped in. It's a joke! It's a joke! But Sophie Solaria's going to be out and about doing Justin Dealey's job today. I'll be honest, we, we haven't really got anything for her to do. And while it's nice that she makes weird double-bag cups of tea... What
8: is that?
7: (laughs) 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 How did she make your tea this morning?
8: She brought me tea over, looked like the colour of tea, and then put a tea bag in it. (laughs) And I said, isn't that... You just double-bagged me. She
7: double-bagged the tea.
8: But it was delicious, actually.
7: And I've had a wonderful cup of tea, not knocking the cups of tea. But I would rather she was out and about on the streets of Beds, Hearts and Bucks, doing things. Mm. Unfortunately, we ain't got nothing for her to do. So, this is your... Your chance, dear listener. To it, it's your BBC, <laughs> so uh, you can. It's it's like a remote-controlled Sophie Salaria today. You get to decide what she does. Where do you want her to go? What do you want her to do? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. That should work, shouldn't it?
8: Yeah, she's got um, fake mustaches as well,
7: hasn't she? <laughs> she has. So
8: she's available for undercover work. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Can we send her undercover into a shop with her big red Three Counties jacket and a moustache yes. so that no-one knows who she is? Can we do that? Sophie Soleria is yours this morning, dear listener, between now and nine o'clock. Uh, give us a call. We've done this before, and you came up with some... Well, some of you came up with some awful stuff. Some of you came up with some cracking stuff. So let's see what we can get this morning. 08 555. We're playing Remote Control Sophie. What would you like her to do this morning, please? Now, a Bedford solicitor will be sentenced later for getting a brother and uh, sister with severe learning disabilities to sign away the rights to their home. Rambeer Dallywell made sure John and Claire Bartlett put up their parents' house as security of a quarter of a million pound loan, a move that led the family into bankruptcy. While the pair are unable to read or write, Daliwal helped them to sign with a J for him and a C for Claire. And our reporter, Tony Fisher, has been speaking to their mother, Elaine.
9: When he came into the house, the two fraudsters were here as well. They occupied us with conversation and we were told not to interfere while the situation was explained to the children. Uh, Our attitude throughout had been, well, it's useless trying to explain anything of that complexity to the children. Having so, met
2: John, your son, I can vouch for that.
9: So we stood aside a few yards away while the signatures were procured.
2: Uh, by Mr Dallywell. By Mr Dallywell. And you had no idea.
9: We had no idea. Well, we had no idea that they were going to be legally binding. We couldn't see how this particular deal could be carried off if it depended on the children's signatures. <coughs>
2: And uh, and a forensic a, a psychologist found basically he said that there's no way that John and Claire could have known what they were doing, no. um, and indeed they, they can't. They have write. no
9: concept of the value of money, no concept of legal papers at all. And they function at quite a low mental age. What is it? What is their mental age? What is John's? Mental well, age? the uh, psychologists suggested around about the age of five for a mental age, but their communication skills are much. Lower than that.
2: It's mainly all hand gestures, isn't it? It's
9: gestures and signing. Mm -hmm.
2: And so now Mr Dallywell, he's been found guilty. He's on bail. He'll be sentenced on Monday. Mm -hmm. What do you think about him? I mean, he's he's effectively tricked your son and daughter into signing something they shouldn't have done.
9: Yes, I I think he's very stupid, apart from being corrupt. As he observed in court, it wasn't worth his career for £2,000. But he thought he could... Do this to our children.
2: Do you expect him to get a, a heavy sentence, or what sort of sentence would you?
9: I've no idea. No experience with these things. So I, I doubt if it will be that long. I just hope he can't um, practice again and mess up other people's lives.
2: So, what's the situation now with the the house and? Um, And and staying here and in terms of getting the money back?
9: We don't exactly know. We're having to consult our solicitors and really it depends on um, the attitude of the major loaners. We spent quite a lot of money on lawyers, but um, certainly more than we'd ever have. Hmm. And if you're forced into bankruptcy, you haven't got any money to spend (laughs) on lawyers... So, therefore, you can't get yourself out of the situation.
2: And the fact that all these people have been found guilty uh, doesn't, doesn't really make it sol- solve it the actual solve situation.
9: The, no, it doesn't solve the problem at all. We, I mean, the neighbours and people locally are cheering that it looks as if we're getting justice, but now is the real hurdle to actually get, the, get some money back and get ourselves um, stable again. <laughs>
7: Well, there you go. That's uh, our reporter, Tony Fisher. They're speaking to their mother, Elaine. More on that later on in the show. 08459 455 555. You lot are good. You lot are keen. It's Remote Control Sophie. It's a new game I've just invented. Justin Dealey's... Well, he's just not turned up. Shocking behaviour. But Sophie Solaria has bravely stepped into the breach. We ain't got nothing for her to do. Tony's driving to Hitchin. You've got something that Sophie can do, have you? Hi, hi, uh, Justin. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, man, I'm fine. Fine, thanks, girls. I'm fine. Yeah, bruv.
10: Yeah, we're just on our way to uh, Hitchin, you the no- we're to North Park Sanctuary. We're waiting for a company called Saint Mongo's. And yes, we're bruv. On strike because of the way they're treating us. Yes.
7: You're, you're uh, on strike so today, are you? Yeah, we're on strike for a week. We we'll started Saturday, oh. Saturday, uh, Saturday to Saturday, more or less. So hang on, now Saint Mungo's, thats the homeless shelter. It is. Near the police station. What has, uh, and what's your role there, Tony? Uh, we're, we're all uh, support workers. We support the homeless and try
10: and move them on into mm. supported accommodation, into private lets, into uh, social housing.
7: Now, if you go on strike, as you are on strike, what effect will that have on the, the, the residents there, the people that use this this service? Uh,
10: not at all. It's going to be open 24 hours. Management is stepping in with agency staff. Um, so it, it it may affect the running, you know, like key work and action planning, some okay. small things like that.
7: But generally, it's running as normal. Can we send our uh, intrepid reporter Sophie Solaria down there to have a little look at what's going on?
11: That'd be lovely.
7: We're getting here at seven, and uh, we're going to be here till nine o'clock. Tony, we will keep on your your way, and I'll forgive you the slight, slight calling me Justin, cheeky little sausage. Uh, we will send Sophie Salaria down there. We found something for her to do. She can do more though. Doesn't just need to just do that. There can be other bits and pieces for her. You can, if you've still got ideas. 455 four double five five double five. Sophie, before you go, cup of tea, please. <laughs>
12: And
13: BBC Three Counties Radio. Nothing being flagged on the major routes so far, as far as any problems go. Uh, long-term roadworks on the A5 Fenny Stratford bypass looking good. That's where a lane is closed for junction improvements on the roundabout. There is a small patch of slow-moving traffic on the speed centre showing up though. The A405 very slow northbound approaching the roundabout where it meets the A414 North uh, Orbital. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Thank you very much, Alice. Right, 6.16 or thereabouts, Monday the 2nd of December. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A solicitor from Bedford will be sentenced today for persuading a mentally ill brother and sister to sign away their home. Police uh, police stations in Hertfordshire are likely to close and the council tax is due to rise to cope with budget cuts at Hearts Police. In football, Chelsea have closed the gap on Premier League leaders Arsenal to four points after beating Southampton 3-1 at Stamford. Bridge. The weather today, dull and cloudy with temperatures of up to 8 degrees. 08 oh, 459 five, 455 double,
5: 555. Double, BBC Three Counties
14: Radio. Every consumer problem has an unhappy customer.
10: They've actually deleted the main account instead of attaching
14: my one to it.
6: We ordered it and when we got home we checked the measurements and it just will not fit.
10: A company. We've asked the council, now they come up with a new excuse, it's not them, it's down to the eye And he said, well I'm sorry, that's your policy. Oh
14: well maybe next time you'll learn not to in the box. And me getting to the bottom of it all. And they
10: confirmed
15: that they would return my excess and that my no claims bonus. Would not be affected.
5: The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems.
7: Weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, this yeah this morning, can we get your calls about Father Christmas as you may have seen? Now listeners, we all know, we all know Father Christmas is real. That's a fact. And uh, quite often, some of the father, sometimes when you go and I've got to tread so carefully, haven't I? When you go, sometimes when you go and see Father Christmas in shopping centres and garden centres, sometimes it's the real Father Christmas. My boy saw the real Father Christmas twice this weekend. Once was at the school fete, once was in a garden centre. That was lucky. We also know, and let's be realistic about this, Father Christmas can't be everywhere all the time. So sometimes the Father Christmases you see, in supermarkets and shopping centres and department stores. It's not the real Father Christmas, but it is one of Father Christmas's helpers, OK? It's, it's someone who has been trained and fully sanctioned. They've got the thumbs up from Father Christmas, OK? So it, it's, it's an official Father Christmas helper. But saying that, we also know that some of the Father Christmas helpers are not as good as other Father Christmas helpers. So without naming any shops or anything, but can you let us know, good Father Christmases you've seen so far this year... And bad Father Christmases you've seen so far this year. Now, my boy, he's seen Father Christmas three times. Real one on Saturday, real one on Sunday, not a real one on Thursday. No. And he could tell it wasn't uh, the real one because he could see the skin between the beard. He said, I could see under his beard. So uh, I want to hear your Father Christmas stories this morning, please. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Catherine Boyer, now you've got young girls. Have they seen Father Christmas yet this year?
16: Yeah, we've changed our visiting habits because okay. of a particularly bad um Father Christmas helper experience. Yeah, what I mean, happened? We, we could hear the other Father Christmas helper through the wall next door.
7: Yes, I I've I've experienced that where they have several Father Christmas. We've got to tread so carefully. Several Father Christmas helpers in different booths.
16: The thing is, you know, there are a lot of children to see and I think that perhaps the elves are letting training standards slip in yeah, some cases.
7: exactly. So this I want your good and your bad Father Christmas experiences, please. 08459 455555... I- Three Counties Radio, 08459 455555 is the telephone number. Well, oh, of Houghton-Regis isn't happy. I don't know why. Luckily, stop sabotaging the end of Wally Webb's show. Curb yourself. <laughs> Not a clue what you're talking about. Now... Here's something you'll definitely want to have your say on. Uh, The police commissioner for Hertfordshire has written an open letter warning the county's residents their council tax will probably go up as the force needs a bigger share. David Lloyd is also suggesting the number of police stations may have to be reduced in a bid to make savings of around £30 million. Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoyne, joins me now. Uh, What's the commissioner talking about, Paul?
1: Well, Ian, uh, this is uh, something which is happening across the three counties. We've already heard it in Bedfordshire, and that's caused quite a stink in places like Leighton Buzzard, where, of course, we were last week for the big tour. Um, Funding from central government has changed. They need to, in Hertfordshire, save £30 million over the next five years. Gulp. And David Lloyd is saying that Hertfordshire, like all forces, is facing some tough choices. We've got to find a significant sum over the coming years, uh, it's
11: £30 million out of a £200 million budget. If you have £200 a week to, to spend and you've got to find £30 a week out of that to save, that's quite significant.
1: Um, but we will get there because we've got a good long-term plan. How is he going to do this? Well, he's going to increase uh, what's called the precept, which is the, the amount of money that uh, each individual sort of service can sort of increase council tax by. He's going to do that and he says by doing that it will help save local policing um, but he'll need to do more than that. He says they won't need as many buildings. Uh, This is all in this letter which is published today. He says uh, front desks won't be as visible. Um, As I say we've seen similar examples across the patch and there'll be a greater collaboration between other services so Beds and Cambridge uh, will work even harder together with, with Hartford and they already uh, share some services the serious crime uh, unit the dogs and armed response units they're they're already provided on a collaborative basis Um, so what we'll probably see is a greater sharing of those back office services like the payroll uh, like HR perhaps um, which, which the public don't see and this was if you remember uh, a little while ago when he was elected, this was something that he was standing on and was, was talking at the time uh, about using you know, companies like G4S mm. to run some of those police departments. Um, it will inevitably result, he says, in some reductions in staff. It's unlikely, however, to be police officers, at least not for now. So what's he doing today? Uh, open letter? What else is going on? Well, I mean, he started a consultation. Uh, he's asking the public what they what they think about these, these changes, whether or not they'll uh, come back and say that they value these front desks and whether that will change his view on this, I don't know. Um, he does say that the, there are low crime figures in Hertfordshire. He says that's because of the style of policing that they use. And uh, he says as well that the money that he's going to try and uh, sort of use the, the sort of savings for, if you like, is going to be spent on local policing. He says that uh, you get to know the local Bobby on the Beat, and he says that it's important that that stays at the heart of his uh, you know, policing strategy. Um, however, I mean, David Lloyd, I think, has said to you himself, Ian, that uh, local policing, that sort of bobbies on the Beat style of policing mm. doesn't actually yield the sort of results that other forms of policing yes. does. It's actually quite an expensive um, form of policing, so it doesn't, you know, pound for pound, cost the most uh, catch the most amount of criminals, according to the commissioners. Uh, others have said that too. But it, uh, however, it does do a lot to reassure the public. They do feel safer. Um, and what he's saying is, this won't cost, you know, taxpayers in Hertfordshire any more than around ten pence a week. So, so um, a fiver a year, just about over a five, five or a yeah. year, just over.
7: Yeah. Uh, when is this going to happen?
1: Well, as I say, it's likely to be phased over five years. However, I think this is probably going to be introduced sooner rather than later, so you can get those savings in... You know, quicker and uh, the pain is felt less across the five year period. I suppose the questions that we'll want to, uh, uh, you know, hear him address is is that collaborative issue because, of course, Ollie Martins, the uh, police and crime commissioner in Bedfordshire, was very staunchly against the idea of uh, getting private companies involved in running uh, parts of the police force, even if it is parts of the police force that perhaps we don't see as Mm. the general public. Um, Other areas in, in the sort of shared service area are more interested cambridgeshire for example sir graham bright who is their pcc we won't have heard much from him because he's out of our patch but uh, he said that the plans uh, you know following uh, the the so-called lincolnshire model which is where g4s uh, tried this out first of all and it has made some savings um you know he that he was you know in favor in principle of, of using private companies to perhaps run some of these services, um, so we will see what happens i mean we, we We have heard about some other sharing of services, for example, in Northamptonshire uh, they share their sort of payroll bit. With um, Cumbria of all places, mm. so it's not in, in, indeed sort of somewhere that would need to be geographically close to one another. So there are sort of lots of examples, and we shall see perhaps later on this morning what uh, David Lloyd wants to do.
7: David Lloyd is popping in, is he? Is that he correct?
1: is going to come in. Later, Lovely,
7: yes. thank you very much. Well, we asked, we, we did talk about this last week, and we, I'll I put this out there again, dear listener. But it, we asked last week, how often do you use your police station? Will you miss it? Turns out, not many people
1: use or will miss their local police station in bedfordshire i think uh one police station i mean the one that's had a lot of coverage is Leighton buzzard where the mayor has been very vocal about plans to um move the uh, front desk into a sort of maybe into a council building Mm. um which the commissioner wants to do uh they get something like two three visitors a day Mm. and most of those are producers so-called um you know people who have to go and show their driving license or um show something as uh, having been stopped and so on And, and he says well those people can try Travel a bit further, um, or they can, you know, find another way. And indeed, in the in the long term, there'll be a, a place to go to in So you do wonder whether or not they are something that the public use. Let's
7: ask: Will you miss your local police station? Would you miss your local police station? When was the last time you actually used it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five oh five. Paul, thank you very much. Indeed, it's coming up to six thirty. Let's get
12: the travel with Alice. <laughs>
13: One looking heavy southbound between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Things also looking heavy in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. Quick look on the speed sensors. Uh, Amersham Road in Beaconsfield heading south is slow at the junction joining the A40. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Thank you very much. Let's get the news now. Across beds, hearts and bugs.
13: This
5: is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's 6.30, I'm Jane Killick. A solicitor from Bedford is due to be sentenced today for getting a severely mentally disabled brother and sister to sign away their rights to their home. Ranbar Daliwal's actions led the family into bankruptcy. Detectives in Glasgow say nine people are now known to have died when a police helicopter crashed into a pub on Friday evening. Six of the bodies have been recovered and a search for more is continuing. Budget cuts at Hertfordshire Police is due to lead to police station closures and a council tax rise. The warning comes from the Harts Police Commissioner David Lloyd in an open letter to residents. The weather, a cloudy day with light winds and a high of 8 Celsius. On to sport and in football, the new Fulham manager René Mouwenstein has insisted he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from Martin Joel. Joel was sacked yesterday. Chelsea have closed the gap on Premier League leaders Arsenal to four points after beating Southampton 3-1 at Stamford Bridge. Meanwhile, the Southampton goalkeeper Artur Borak is expected to be out for up to six weeks after fracturing his hand during yesterday's match. The managers of Watford, Milton Keynes, Dons and Stevenage will have endured miserable weekends. All three were criticised for their side's conceded three goals in home defeats at the weekend. Watford boss Gianfranco Zola admits confidence is low after losing to bottom club Yeovil.
17: It's been tough for me. Things will come more difficult from now on, of course, at least uh, until we get... Uh, Full confidence pack that's the only way I know I mean I, I believe that uh, we are doing everything we can in training to help them changing you know if there are something more that we can do we'll do but the uh, first step will be you know to be well humble because uh, right now we need that
0: the draw for the second round of the FA trophy takes place today Luton Town and St Albans are in it although both need to win first round replays to progress in cricket, the England batting coach Graeme Gooch has confirmed either Ian Bell or Joe Root will bat at three in place of Jonathan Trott for the second Ashes test in Adelaide, which starts later this week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with the full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts
5: and bucks.
12: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: You've undone. You've undone all my folks. I can't bear doggies.
7: I've got. Fo- we're secret. looking at the papers, and I'll, I'll let you into a secret, dear listener. We kind of cheat. We're not we're generally not spontaneously finding these stories. We have a little look upstairs, and we find them. Well, I, I do little folds in the pages. Catherine Ball, you've undone all my folds. Well, I mean they're mostly page three fold. I just need to find that quick access.
16: Uh, I found some. You've still got some here. The pristine. Just that one.
7: Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. What
16: can I tell you? I like it tidy.
7: It really is um, the section of the show that, well, it, it's taken the internet by storm. It's taken radio listeners by storm. <laughs> it's taken, what on earth is, is it Paul Scoyne's doing out there He's in the looming. hallway? <laughs> He's looting. <laughs> Isn't that terrifying? Imagine if he wasn't there, though, and that was just a ghost. <laughs> we can see a, a spectral image of political reporter Paul Scoyne's... Sans trousers, just walking down the corridor (laughs) Anyway, this is the bit of the show That is taking everybody by storm Isn't it Sophie Solaria?
18: Hiya
7: You've been taken by storm, haven't you? Storm has taken me Okay, now are you going to join us for the papers? Alright then We're not doing it now Alright then We're going to play a record Yep And then we're going to do it You were supposed to be going off to Hitchin
18: No, I know, but I thought I'd wait for you to tell me to go to Hitchin Live, on air Plus, the car's broken down And plus, I broke the car (laughs) Oh no, what have you done? I don't know. I got it out the garage. Yes. And then it stopped reversing, so oh. I had to drive it forwards, which was the only way I could go. Yep. And I managed to swing it into a space. What? <laughs> and uh, now I can't go backwards.
7: The nipple's popped out, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's, it's not. I'm not being vulgar. It's a technical term it regarding is. this car. There is a nipple that controls the gear shift.
16: I scoindy, I got- um, I've knocked the nipple out. Scoindy doesn't can't help you with that, but
18: Justin knows where the nipple is, doesn't he?
16: Yeah, but where's Justin? Here, no one
7: no. knows where Justin is.
18: Well, I got a text this morning saying I'm not, I'm not can't be asked, mate. I'm oh, not going into work. Do I I'll he's, be asked?
7: Yes. You, you, can't say say can't, you can't be asked. Yes. I need to ask you. To yes. Go well, in. Sophie, listen, stay there. We'll tell you to go to Hitchin just after this record, okay? Okay. c Three Counties Radio, 08459 oh, five, 455 555. you want to take part in the newspapers, you're more than welcome. Catherine Boyle is here. Hello. Morning. You've just got the Radio Times, pourquoi? Because
16: I'm not allowed to put any Christmas decorations up, and I thought what? I'd feel Christmasy. Who says? Um, him.
7: Oh, dump him. <laughs> dump him, for goodness sakes. We, uh, yes, we had a few Christmas decorations up in our house last week. That was too soon, I thought. But now, bring it on, bring it on. He, he pulled his
16: face on. when I put my Christmas tape on in the car.
7: Oh, for goodness sake. I know! Sake. What a I'm very, I'm very, very. What's, I feel sorry for your poor girls. What's Christmas going to be like for them? I more than make up for it. wait, uh, 455 555. Sophie! Hi! Go to Hitchin. What now? Well, um. But my nipples popped out. Yes, I know. It's, it's the car, it's a technical term. Um, okay, well, can you. Oh, gosh, how do we work around this? We
18: have other vehicles. Do you want me to go, then? Yeah. Go
7: to Hitchin. Take, I tell you what, Sophie, go to Hitchin, because there's a very serious story about uh, the workers striking at St Mungo's, the homeless uh, shelter. But take your um, the moustaches as well.
18: Do you think they'll find that funny? Yeah, no, not
7: no, not, no, not to cheer up the homeless people. That would be... yeah, To in blend a pro- in? No. 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 Again, mm, no. We, we'll come up with something else for you to use the, the moustaches for. Can we
18: just go through which moustache?
7: Yes, describe them.
18: All right, so we've got the, um, well, we've got the William Shakespeare. That's very thin. He didn't have have a moustache. Oh, he did? Yeah, he did. A pointy pointy one. Like a Ming the Merciless, but without the droop.
7: He had a beard.
18: No, 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 he didn't.
7: No, 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 he had
18: a. Get, get
16: no, he didn't, hang on, no, hang on he a didn't, second. He had a really
7: thin moustache. Catherine is pointing to the chin. That indicates he had a beard. Yeah, you
16: do need a triangle as well. You need a like the Guy bit. Fawkes.
7: But I've only got the moustaches of the great literary. You can't call it a William Shakespeare moustache then because it's not. Well,
18: Next. Well, it is because. Next. All right, Rudyard Kipling. That's quite, <laughs> a, quite a substantial moustache. It's white, but it's got tiny um, wiry bits of black in it.
7: Have you got um, like a black moustache? I've got a full-on
18: black George Orwell. He had a beard. No, he just had a straight one under his nose.
7: Can you put a straight one under your nose, but not when you're talking to the homeless people?
18: <laughs> we, wait, At what point do I oh, for put the moustache on the face?
16: Oh, for,
7: just, just put it you'll on now. Know, you'll okay, know yes. when it feels right. Oh, dearie me.
16: Honestly, undercover reporters, they need spoon-feeding these days, don't they?
7: <laughs> it's, it's hardly... Um, what was that, that gentleman's name, the portly gentleman? Roger Cook? Cook <laughs> Report. It's hardly the Cook Report, is it? She's hardly...
16: Um, he had a tash,
7: didn't he? It, sometimes, at times. Who was the, the Irish fella?
16: Donald McIntyre.
7: Yeah, she's not Donald McIntyre.
16: Well, she is now. He's a dancer, isn't he? Didn't he um, do Strictly?
7: I, uh, the worst... I saw a terrible Donald McIntyre, right, where he was talking about, this ca- about thievery in council estates. Okay. Mm. And so he went to this council estate that was notorious for thievery, right? Okay. But he went there at one o'clock in the morning with a laptop under his arm, <laughs> okay? And he ends up talking to this black lad at one o'clock in the morning in this dark, unlit bit of the council estate. And I, it was, I, I, I'm going to find this on YouTube. And uh, he's just chatting to the fella. And then he goes, I've got, so I've got a laptop. Oh, yeah. Anyway, what are you doing here at one o'clock in the morning? Just, you know, I've got a laptop. I'm going to put this laptop on, the su- on this thing. He's virtually giving it. He to was you. there for ages, and the fellow went, oh, flipping that bloke, such a muppet. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> taking it. And he ran off. He gave it and to Donald him. Donald
16: McIntyre's point
7: proven, apparently. Exactly. What, what have you found in the newspapers, Catherine?
16: Um, all kinds. Guess the paper from the front page. OK. Weather. Princess Diana...
7: That's got to be the Daily Express. Yeah! There we go, you Get ready you for
16: polar plunge. Temperatures to divers blast from north brings snow this week.
7: I like the Daily Express because it's saying there is a Diana murder probe whitewash. Now, the murder probe was that there was a story that only the Express were running, that there was a fella who used to be in the SAS. He had a row with his ex-wife, and at one point in the row he said, yeah, and I killed Princess Diana. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That's the murder story and the daily... Experience. Diana cover-up stops Sons finding the truth. No, the truth is she was being driven by a drunk Frenchman who was going too fast. That's the truth, OK? There was no murder. Leave the Sons alone.
16: Cyber Monday, the biggest internet shopping day ever. That's on page five of the Daily Express. Millions of Britons will be splashing out in the, uh, shops and online the biggest shopping day of the year, apart from Sophie Salaria, Yeah. Because she said, if everyone
7: else is doing it, my family can just wait. I haven't done... I've done one Christmas present, my mum's Christmas present. I'm taking her to see Jerry Marsden. Shh. Oh, she doesn't listen to this. She doesn't even know what, If she knew what I did for a living, she'd be furious. <laughs> she, thinks, she thinks I've got a proper job in a bank. <laughs> she does. Uh, so she won't. She won't know about this. But that, that's the only present I've got, and I'm starting to... Panic a bit. You should be. Not panicking enough to do any more shopping, but I'm just starting to get a little bit of panic.
8: Well, Sophie, what are you doing? Well, uh, Sophie. She's, she's coming in a panic because her um, moustache won't stick. To the her face. The, the must- <sighs> How does it look, though? Does it look good? I like it. It looks like Poirot.
7: Kelly, don't. Right, Kelly, don't encourage her. I Catherine, do like don't it. Don't encourage it's her.
8: Perfect match for her a hair. Don't you en- said
18: you wanted me to put it
8: on now. <gasps>
7: Catherine, do you want to produce or shall I produce? Have Safe- you
8: got
16: sellotape?
7: Oh.
8: We could fold it backwards and stick it on our Well, equipment. I'm
16: in here now. Look, Ke- Kelly's in charge in there. This
7: is what happens.
8: Sophie, I- have you got sellotape? I'm going
18: to
7: go look for some. Okay. No, go to... Come back when... Go you've got- to Hitchin, to the homeless oh, people! you
8: producing? Come back when you've got sellotape.
7: No, don't come back when you've got sell. Go to Hitchin, to the story! See? There's a um, a new gadget. Cool. Guess see you can guess what this gadget does. It's called the stereo.
16: <laughs> oh no. Does it um, this is brilliant. remotely spread rumours?
7: <laughs> no, it's not stereo. It's a stereo. <laughs> Slaving over a hot stove could soon become a thing of the past. Will it can't? No, it won't. A gadget has been developed that stirs the food for you. The stereo, which operates on a wind-up motor, no batteries, can stir a pot of food, completely unass- unassisted, for 45 minutes, and comes with a promise that nothing is left behind, stuck in the pan. I want a stereo! My wife why got is me- it called
16: a stereo? I thought, oh, there's some sort of musical...
7: No, that's a stereo. Yeah, it's I a that's stir. why they were
16: playing with that word.
7: My wife once got me an electric can opener, that opens oh, I on its want own. one of those. But it opens on its own, you clip it on really awkwardly, press a button and it opens... Zzzz- the can on its own.
16: You eating that still?
7: No. Use it twice. <laughs> you got time for one more?
16: Um, all right. Let's have a look at the Radio Times. Quite excited. There's that woman from um, Fresh
7: Fields. Oh, Julie Julia thingy. McKenzie. Yes. Can I, am I can I can I put this out there? Let's put this out there. Am I the only person that finds Miranda hot? Oh. Oh. Am I?
16: If you said funny, that would have been
7: more of a talking point. I,
16: I find I her. I don't get it. I don't get why everyone's raving
7: about Oh, no, she's nice. Yeah, she is nice, I like but Miranda. I don't get
16: why everyone loves it so
7: much. No, she's. I think she's. Oh, but I think four, five she's nine. wonderful. 45555. Five, five, five. She um, she's, she's Um
16: old. Yeah, I think she is nice. But that wasn't why I looked at the Radio Times.
9: Yeah.
16: I was going to tell you what we've got for Christmas because um, I didn't know. Strictly. Oh, yeah. Uh, death Comes to Let's Pemberley. Get-
8: it looks yeah. good. Can I get a picture? Sure, on? we're on. We've got it now. She's got the moustache on. Right. I'm just going to get a picture. Stand Mrs Brown's there,
16: boys. Catherine, yeah.
7: hang on. Right, sorry, we're doing... Don't... Kelly, Sophie... Sorry, she doing, looks
8: good, though, doesn't she?
7: But why are you wearing the moustache now? Why? Why? Don't listen
8: to him. I think you look great.
7: Go on. Go to Hitchin.
8: It's a bit wonky. Can you make it...
7: Oh, for goodness sake
16: Downton Abbey. Right, listen.
8: Which I don't get, but call the
12: midwife that I do. OK, Let's just let's just... Forget this 15 minutes ever happened.
5: Dolphins find the pod.
12: Stop it. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio. Things are building up on the M25 now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. The M1 southbound looking heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The A1M on the speed sensors starting to look heavy southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage. And also Beaconsfield still looking busy on the Amersham Road where it joins the A40 at that junction. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Goss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
7: you very much, Alice. And, I mean, I can only apologise That the professional such as Ms Glossop Has to follow that tawdry rubbish We've just outputted on BBC Three Counties Radio Many apologies It's 6.47 It's Monday the 2nd of December I'm Ian Lee These are your headlines On BBC Three Counties Radio A solicitor from Bedford will be sentenced today For persuading a mentally ill brother and sister To sign away their home People in Hertfordshire are being told Police stations are likely to close And there'll be a rise in council tax Because of budget cuts at Harts Police Oh, for goodness sakes, here we go. In football, the new football uh, Fulham manager, René Mühlenstein, is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the sacked Martin Joel. This is BBC Three Counties Radio talking about a public loo that's up for sale. Whoop-de-doo! But before that, let's get the weather. It's Kate Kinsella. Beds,
5: hearts and bucks weather.
12: BBC Three Counties Radio.
19: Good morning, well we had rather a lot of cloud overnight last night, which meant the temperature was relatively mild We're looking at uh, the temperature outside at the moment around 6, 7 Celsius It's not likely to get too much warmer, but it certainly is a relatively mild start to the day. Now all the cloud also means we're hanging on to the cloud this morning We may get one or two misty and murky patches as well, but the cloud isn't going to go very far at all, in fact the wind is very light, so it's not going to get churned up. We may get a glimmer or two of brightness this afternoon, but to be fair, it looks like This cloud is here to stay, at least for the next few days. Maximum temperature later on this afternoon, likely to get up to around 8 Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight, we're hanging on to the cloud. Now, that's also going to protect us from any frost, but we may get one or two breaks. That's going to allow the temperature to drop a little bit further, but also mist and fog patches start to develop, and those mist and fog patches potentially quite thick and quite dangerous through to dawn tomorrow morning. Minimum temperature down to 2 Celsius. That's 36 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now, we're hanging on to this area of high pressure which is dominating our weather today so it's rather cloudy staying dry as we head through the week but misty starts it's only as we get towards the end of the week towards thursday and into friday the wind switches around it comes from the north it becomes very windy but also turns much much colder as we head into a friday and that's your forecast
7: on the subject of um, police stations closing down Allington alban says ian police presence is deterrence to prevent crime is cheaper than solving crime. Move the police stations into smaller, cheaper premises by all means. But I feel that to withdraw them altogether will be a mistake. Well, and thank you for that. We'll certainly put that point to David Lloyd when he pops in. 08459 double five, five double five.
14: Tomorrow, Bedfordshire gets a very special visitor. His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales will be on a short tour, and I'll be there every step of the way as he visits the newly refurbished Higgins Bedford and unveils a memorial to female secret agents who flew out of RAF Tempsford during the war.
5: Nick Hoffer.
14: I'll be live from the village for the afternoon, where I'll find out the history and speak to the relatives of those being remembered. Across beds, hearts and bucks. A royal visit to Bedfordshire tomorrow from midday, live on BBC Three Counties Radio. If I'm honest,
7: I do like Nick Coffer's new theme music quite a bit. Suits him very well. Very regal. Thank you, Nick. Property with a difference up for sale in Luton's Hightown. It's a character property oozing with personality and bursting with charm. It's a public toilet, that's what it is. The toilets in Burr Street car park have been vacant, yeah, like that, very nice, for two years. And now Luton Borough Council are looking to sell or rent you could rent it if you wanted to. In fact, if you fancy it, you'd better get in fast because the council tell us they're already in negotiations with a prospective tenant. Well, our reporter Tony Fisher's been playing estate agent.
2: Excuse me, Excuse me guys, have you seen this toilet block up for sale here? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Do you fancy buying a toilet block? No, thanks. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what?
2: See, all inquiries. Yeah.
4: What's the hell?
3: No, I've not seen that.
4: we've been, been up there for a while. Yeah.
2: No one's interested, obviously. Oh, well, not in Hightown anyway. <laughs> is it, is it, has it been used in the past for nefarious activities, do you think? I think so, yeah, innit? hasn't it? Yeah, I it? think so, yeah. <laughs> yes, what are we What's talking your own about?
1: judgment on that.
2: Drugs, prostitution? Well, both, a bit of both. Well, so, it's got, so it's got a past, it's got a bit of history. Mum, yeah. Well, Wouldn't you want <laughs> yeah. that history
3: on your doorstep? Mm.
2: <laughs> you, you've got a car park, haven't you?
3: Well, that's the driveway, that's your driveway, there's your little garden. You know, make it into a
2: little studio flat.
4: <laughs> You'd be laughing, <laughs> wouldn't you? Yeah.
2: Good location, middle of the high town, very close yeah. to the station. True, true. Excuse yeah. me, sir. Um, there's a toilet block up for sale here. Do you fancy buying a toilet block? Thank <laughs> you. No, are you sure? Huh? It's a good location. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. There's a toilet block up for sale here. Fancy buying a toilet block? We does not live here, just we work here, so we don't know anything about Luton, to be honest. Oh, we live okay. in London.
7: Welcome to Luton. What's wonderful is Tony Fisher gets paid for that. Uh, Luton Borough Council, who own the building, say this is a small structure with a pitch tiled roof and brick elevations, which was closed as a public toilet two years ago. We've been marketing, marketing it for sale or to let, and we've agreed a letting which is now in solicitors' hands. What would you do with it? I know uh, when I used to li- live in London, North London, very trendy to, to sell these uh, public loo's. One became um, one became like um, like an art centre for kids. I think. I know, I know. I think one became a little cafe as well. Oh eight, four five, nine, four double five, five double five. What would you do with the public Lou? If you got one though, you'd certainly be You say that you love me. Oh, I thought they started with Dad all over. Sorry, I muffed that up. isn't it but but it's also a brilliant song Oh yeah have some of that the Dave Clark 5 They made a film didn't they the Dave Clark 5 Catch me if you can I think but it's rubbish, but I wouldn't mind having a little bit of that. Uh, morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We're carrying on the survey of uh, 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 what the people at BBC Three Counties Radio do at the weekends. Today, it's Tony Fisher. Tony, what did you do at the weekends? Drugs, prostitution. OK, fantastic. Drugs, prostitution. Excellent stuff.
12: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio. M1 southbound, heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 really building up now. Anti-Clockwise is struggling between 17 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also looking very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. The North Orbital is heavy on the roundabout there for 21A. Also looking heavy on the M25 at Junction 24 for Potter's Barn near the Roadworks. The A1M southbound building up at Junction 7 for Stevenage as well, looking quite slow on the sensors. public transport has no reported problems this is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio
7: Alice thank you very much well a mixed bag of stuff to talk about more police stations facing closure would you really miss them and it's remote control Sophie Sophie Solaria is yours where would you like her to go with her moustache
5: local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks
12: this is BBC Three Counties Radio
0: 7 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, sentencing for Bedford solicitor who conned mentally disabled siblings to sign over their home, budget cuts to bite at Hertfordshire Police and a public toilet in Luton is up for sale. BBC Three Counties Radio. A solicitor from Bedford is due to be sentenced today for getting a severely mentally disabled brother and sister to sign away the rights to their home. Ranbir Daliwal managed to get John and Claire Bartlett, both in their 30s, to mark the legal document with a J for him and a C for her. It meant the house, which they shared with their parents, was put up as security for a quarter of a million pound loan, which ended up forcing the family into bankruptcy. Mother Elaine Bartlett had this to say about the disgraced lawyer.
9: I think he's very stupid, apart from being corrupt. As he observed in court, it wasn't worth his career for £2,000. But he thought he could do this to our children.
0: Detectives in Glasgow say nine people are now known to have died when a police helicopter crashed into a pub on Friday evening. Six of the bodies have been recovered and a search for more is continuing. Firefighters say they're hoping to lift the wreckage of the aircraft out of the building today. Fewer police stations are likely and council tax will rise if proposals by the Harts Police Commissioner David Lloyd are approved. He's written an open letter to residents explaining where he hopes to make savings worth £30 million to cope with a reduction in budget for the force. David Lloyd says frontline policing is still his priority.
11: Savings would be made by having fewer but more efficient police buildings, running our support services more efficiently, increasing the police precept and increasing our collaboration with Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire.
0: Ed Miliband will visit the VW National Training Centre in Milton Keynes today. In a speech to staff, the Labour leader is due to dismiss the government's energy levy shake-up as smoke and mirrors, saying ministers do not get the cost-of-living crisis. He'll insist the cosy deal reached with the big six power firms will still see bills going up this winter. Meanwhile, MPs are accusing the government of shifting the goalposts to reduce the number of people classed as living in fuel poverty. The Environmental Audit Committee says amendments to the Energy Bill will mean that 800,000 people will be no longer included in the definition. A public toilet is up for sale at Hightown in Luton. It closed down two years ago, and now the facility in the Burr Street car park is on the market. Tony Fisher asked these people if anyone is interested.
2: There's a toilet block up for sale here. Do you fancy buying a toilet block? No, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, are you sure? Huh? It's a good location. <laughs>
3: Well, that's the driveway. That's your driveway. There's your little garden. You know, make it to a little studio flat. You'd be laughing, <laughs> wouldn't you?
4: <him>? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and in football, the new Fulham manager Rene Moolenstein is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the sacked Martin Joel. The weather, a dry day and largely cloudy, with some bright spells this afternoon and a high of eight Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. <laughs> BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
14: If you want to change from the same old high street chains, I have something a bit different, then it definitely come to Hitchin.
5: All this week in Hitchin. It's a community, and that's something that we were not used
20: to. It's just a really diverse place to live.
5: The Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. All this week in Hitchin. BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Right, I feel I've woken up now. I I was a bit sleepy for the first hour, a little bit dozy. I've woken up. I'm alive. Let's kick this shot the backside, shall we? Right, lots coming up including a Bedford solicitor is facing a jail sentence for helping a severely learning disabled brother and sister sign away the rights to their home. Well, should the loan company have accepted their application? Do loan companies, or do they bend over backwards to, to, to loan money to people when perhaps they should be doing more checks? If you've got a story on that, give us a call. Hertfordshire's police commissioner is warning residents to expect a council tax hike in his bid to get a bigger share. And yet he's talking about closing police stations. Well, does anybody use their police stations anymore? And a room with a view of three dodgy cubicles and a urinal. Luton Council are selling off one of their public loos. I've lived in some toilets in the past, have you? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, or give me a call,
12: 08459 455555 555.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We're also playing
7: remote control Sophie today. Sophie Solari is filling in for Justin Dealey, who can't be bothered to turn up. So where would you like Sophie to go? She's uh, already going to Hitchin to report on the strike at the homeless shelter there. But she's also got some uh, a pack of moustaches and some sellotape. I- I know. I know. Now, a solicitor from Bedford has been warned to expect a jail sentence later for manipulating a brother and sister with severe learning difficulties to sign away the rights to their home. John and Claire Bartlett can't read all right, but Rambert uh, Daliwal persuaded them to make their marks on the legal document with a J for John and a C for Claire. It meant the house, which they shared with their parents, was put up as security for a quarter of a million pound loan, which ended up forcing the family into bankruptcy. Well, Desmond Cochran is a neighbour and family friend. Good morning, Desmond. Hey, and how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Can, can you describe the, how, how uh, mentally, um, how, the learning difficulties that John and Claire Bartlett have? Yeah,
21: well, they were described as children in court, but uh, John is 30 years of age and, and his sister Claire is 33. And they've been described as having the mental age of, of, of five. They can't communicate very well. They kind of grunt and point or catch you by the sleeve and pull you towards whatever they want you to look at. They really are not capable of signing anything legal.
7: And yet someone thought it appropriate to exploit these two vulnerable people who we should be protecting for their own personal gain. H- again, how has this affected the family, Desmond?
21: Well, they're bewildered. And then uh, the, the parents, Elaine uh, is sixty-eight, and and, and uh, Clifford, seventy-four, with failing eyesight. They've they've been running their little home business for since I've known them for twenty-seven years, uh, and they're totally chucked up with with being involved with that, and also full-time looking after the children who need to be looked after in every respect, including physical. They don't have time to. They they, they really were easy meat, if you like.
7: And, and the way the con works, if I've got it right, is that the, they were tricked into signing phantom leases for photocopiers, which 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 it's about £50,000 a lease or something, isn't it?
21: That's right. I mean, the, 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 the photocopiers and, and bookbinders, machines, they're, they're, they're not like what I would normally think of. They're, they're, they're quite expensive pieces of kit. They're, they're top of the range, and they um, £30,000 to £40,000, £50,000, some of them each. And the, the two fraudsters uh, w- who perpetrated the major fraud and were sent to prison, each of them, uh, earlier on this year, a fellow called Carr and another one called Carmichael. Um, now, the the Bathers new Carr, for 20 years, he, he was a photocopier salesman, and they built up a trust in him. They trusted him completely. Mm. It was a real con, and he... Behind their backs, mainly uh, signed, and I understand forged on many occasions, their signature on leasing agreements. Now, one might say, as an outsider, why on earth did they pick this problem up earlier? All I can say is that 's true, and Elaine in court was the first to admit that they were stupid not to pick it up earlier, but when it was finally found out, and they weren 't the only company that was done by the way. Mm. Um, they got the friend in very quickly to investigate a, a business friend, and he very quickly found out something was amiss. The police were called in, and those guys went to prison. However, the result of that was that the little business went. They lost all their savings. They had amal- amassed something in the reason of a, a million and a quarter pounds of debts, which was against their name, and they were pushed into bankruptcy. Now, the house in which they lived next door, that had always been the plan to use that as an asset to look after the two children, in the future. I mean, when they're presumably not around, somebody's going to have to look after these two children mm. who are totally dependent. They, they, they cannot look after themselves. So of course, the the house, uh, a finance company came on the scene, and I, I don't think anybody's pointing a finger at this finance company from Southampton. Um, they, they offered, when requested, to produce a loan of £258,000, a kind of an umbrella loan, to cover all these leases.
7: Under one head. And this is the document that, that Mr. Dallywell got them to sign. Exactly. Now,
21: the, the, everything was going fine for the two fraudsters, the original fraudsters I mentioned, except for this one last glitch, because the company found out that there were, let's say, I suppose you call them sitting tenants, the two children, 130 and 133, and nobody is suggesting that they, this loan company no. knew that they were mentally disabled. Uh, but they said, look, we, we, we need waiver form signing before we advance this £258,000 understandably. I mean, they wanted to protect their investment. So um, the fraudsters got, well, this Dallywell was employed, and it was proved in court that he was employed by one of the fraudsters' companies to come along and to get these signatures or marks. That's what he did in January of 2008. He turned up one morning, apparently, uh, and uh, he interviewed them, and after 30 minutes came out with the, well, not signatures, but their marks on these two Legal documents.
7: Desmond, final questions. So I know you have to shoot off. You, you, yeah. You're going to court today, aren't I am. you? They're going to be sentenced this morning. What are you expecting the sentence to be for Mr. Dalliwell? <sighs> I've
21: got no idea. I, I, I just. I, <laughs> I, my whole idea and ideas of Dalliwell, you, you really wouldn't be able to no. broadcast them. And basically, he. His actions were beneath contempt, and that's to be left to the judge.
7: Desmond, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, um, and I hope the uh, the court uh, hearing this today goes the way that you hope to. You do wonder how these people can sleep at night, don't you? Oh, I mean, com you, you com people are bad enough as it is. Com merchants are bad enough, but when they're doing people like that who are just easy to exploit, oh, it makes you sick, doesn't it? Oh eight four
12: five nine four double five five double five. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Dear Ian does, does shock you, doesn't it? Uh, maybe it doesn't. The depths that
7: some people will sink to to make a few quid. Uh, on the subject of police and police stations, it looks like some police stations are going to be closing in Hertfordshire. Would you miss them, Joyce? Hello. Hello, Joyce. Yes, we would. Why? Well,
22: because... Visibility of police in any area, any street, anywhere, gives people confidence and it puts fear into people thinking things. Now, they're only about communication. We, I suggest, to be honest, uh, with our commissioner that probably would be joining up with the three counties, etc. If we got a burglary, as we had the other week, the police should put... Little papers, you know, get from the computers and whatever. Keep these little notices to say, "Hey, there's been a burglary in your road." They should put those in three houses each side of the property affected, and opposite, so we are aware of the actual burglary taking place.
7: Why should they do? Why is it the police's responsibility to do that?
22: Because when the police is called to a place, your house if it's burgled. Yeah. It, we used to be, the police used to come and knock the doors physically, but putting papers in the door, little newspapers, telling you about the robbery. Uh, we would be aware on the day, not after the day. We never got any communication whatsoever. And the thing being, there was another robbery down the road. That took place on a Wednesday. That took place on a fri- uh, Friday. And there were two on the Friday, and there was one early in the morning, further down the road, that was four. If we had been aware by communication from the police, which we never got, uh, we had to do it all. And I think this is utterly despicable. And it's frightening, you know, to think our police aren't there anymore.
7: What do you reckon, Dennis?
15: Yes, get the police out on the road, please. Don't shut the police station. Actually, we've got a very big one in Dunstable. It would make a very big housing estate if they knocked it down. So get the police out on the road. Yep. Uh, I wasn't ringing about that, by the way. It's this toilet. I was going to make an offer for it. Well, then I could sell it to Vauxhall. They could connect up that terrible smell which is coming out of Vauxhall, and they'd have a, a properly ventilated place. They could blame it on the toilet then. Okay. I was going to rent it to them. That satisfy you? No. Oh, well. Thank God I'm not paying for BBC because I don't pay any tax, thank God. Bye-bye.
7: Joyce, apparently Beds Police do that already.
22: Well, I'm sorry, they didn't in our place. And the words were, um, when they, one came to the door opposite, when we made a fuss about it, you know, we rang up and got to Bedford to get to this and get to that, because there's no direct phone links anymore. And they were saying... Oh, well, you know, uh, resources. I said, resources? Don't talk to me about resources. We've all wanted to find more resources. But if you had told us you've taken more money, because you haven't told us there's been other burglars but, down there. But
7: own. Joyce, but Joyce, shouldn't it? Surely it, the, the the owners should be on the person who's been burgled to go and knock on their neighbours' doors. <laughs> Come on, what are the police paid for? Honestly. No, but, no, no. but if, listen, if everyone, do, if everyone do needs do to save, that the police need to save a few quid, then if I got burgled, I would certainly go and knock on that couple of houses opposite and the house next door. Possibly a few more. Just say, look, just let you know, we had a break-in last night. Uh, just, you know, make sure you're locking all your doors and windows.
22: That, which, that, we did, which we did. We, Wonderful, we, but- we have got our telephone numbers opposite or we've had it a couple of years So we don't go down if there's a problem in the street. We ring each other up and we do all that. And
7: isn't that what we should be doing more, Joyce? Isn't that what we should be doing more? It should be down to us more than the police. The police have got, you know, they're investigating crimes. They haven't got time necessarily to go knocking on doors and and, and posting things through letterboxes. We should be doing that.
22: It doesn't take much time, Ian, to keep their jobs and their respect from the people by putting, say, six or nine little leaflets through the door where the property has been affected. And that would help us prevent and we help the police. We've always worked together and we want to continue to do so.
7: Joyce, thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What do you think? Police stations could be closing? When was the last time? Think just think, when was the last time you went to the police station? I'm trying to think I haven't been to a police station eight years? Eight years I think? Seven or eight, let's say seven years. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Seven sixteen BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Travel News Now here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio. Things looking slow on the sensors on the A10 southbound as you pass Hodderston. In Amptill, Dunstable Road is closed after an accident yesterday around Woburn Street. A1M southbound slow around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M1 southbound also heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel hempstead The M25 anticlockwise is struggling between Junction 617 for Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Also very slow between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gossett, BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Thank you very much, Alice. 717 exactly. It's Monday, the 2nd of December. Oh, it's nearly Christmas, isn't it? Isn't it? These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A solicitor from Bedford will be sentenced today for persuading a mentally ill brother and sister to sign away their home. Police stations in Hertfordshire are likely to close and the council tax is due to rise to cope with budget cuts at Harts Police. Oh, I got both these names wrong last time. Can we... Uh, in football, the new football manager, René Mühlenstein, is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the sacked Martin Yol. The weather. Dull and cloudy day with temperatures of up to 8 degrees coming up. Your thoughts on the closing of police stations.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
14: Ever since the dawn of stamps, people have been beseeching hard-working postal staff to look and see if there's a letter in your bag for me. On and on and on they go. But not anymore, because now, instead of having your TV licence delivered by post, you can get it sent to you by email. Just check your inbox. You can sign up at tvlicensing.co.uk.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Just yes, an important message. Was it just me, or was um, did that version of Mister Postman um, sound really slow and uh, sounded very uncomfortable, didn't it, Kelly Burt? The
8: trail made my face frown.
7: And it's not the message; it's an important message. It's an so important I'm, message. Very important message. Because if you don't pay your TV licence, then boy oh boy, we don't get paid.
8: Exactly. Uh,
7: but they could have used a more upbeat version of Mister Postman. Yeah. Oh well. Now, Hertfordshire's police commissioner is warning residents he's after a bigger cut of their council tax, which is likely to mean an increase in the amount they pay. David Lloyd is also considering reducing the number of police stations in the county in a bid to make a saving of £30 million. He says
11: Hertfordshire, like all forces, is facing some tough choices. Like all the public sector, we've got to find a significant sum over the coming years. Uh, It's £30 million out of a £200 million budget. If you have £200 a week to to spend and you've got to find £30 a week out of that to save, that's quite significant. Um, But we will get there because we've got a good long-term plan.
7: Well, Bernard Ricks from Bedfordshire is an advisor to the police. written several reports for the Home Office on Policing. He knows his stuff. Bernard, David Lloyd can't win, can he? He's got to save £30 million, so things are going to have to go.
23: Well, that's the same for every police and crime commissioner in the country. Every police force has had to save money and um, they've done so in various ways. David Lloyd is now looking to make sure that Hertfordshire oh, uh, constabulary is secure financially over the next few years.
7: Policing and the way we use the police service as it is now has changed and um, I, I would suggest that police stations aren't necessarily as important as they once were. Well, Certainly, what's what is important
23: is that the public, sorry, that the police are available to the public when they need them, need them, and that they can see that they are within their community. And um, the police station itself, certainly, it's possible to use much more um, IT to smartphones and the like to make sure that the police don't have to return to the. Um, police station quite as often except perhaps when they're arresting somebody and needing to put them into a, into custody so there are things that you can do without having the the need for the physical police station quite as much as, as you used to
7: he's putting up council tax or the, the the bit that he has um, control of it's not going to make that much difference 10 pence a week five pounds 20 a year
23: well, but every little adds up. That that's part of the problem, isn't it? Part of the challenge that if the police take a little bit more and the electricity companies take a little bit more, although that may may not be the case, we're now beginning to learn, um, that soon adds up. So, although it might be a ten pence, twenty pence a pound, it's the it's the principle that's that needs to be established, and that's I'm, I'm, I understand why David Lloyd is fostering the debate in Hertfordshire to see what people think about the approaches that are open to him.
7: Collabor- collaboration being talked about again, I know that David Lloyd is a big fan of that. He's going to have some trouble with this, though, isn't he? He's limited to what he can do because he can't collaborate with Bedfordshire on certain things as they don't want private companies involved.
23: Well, Her-, Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary, HMIC, have said that collaboration is the main way in which forces can save money. Now, Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire were, before police and crime commissioners came along, proceeding uh, along the lines of of collaborating far more closely. Uh, It now appears that Hertfordshire is um, doing more of its own thing and Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire are looking to collaborate. Now, that's an area where... Uh, it's certainly, a, it will be interesting to hear David Lloyd's views on the the way in which the um, the three counties collaborate in the future, and indeed, Hertfordshire collaborates with other forces.
7: And we've we've heard instances of of police uh, uh, um, services collaborating with various parts of the country, so not necessarily their neighbouring counties, but but somewhere on the other side.
23: And into not just not just um, uh, distant forces, but also uh, different organisations. So collaborations also with the local council or with the um, local um, uh, fire uh, and rescue uh, authority, all sorts of different organisations with with health as well potentially. So it's not just a question of how forces collaborate with each other it's how they collaborate with other parts of the of the public
7: sector david lloyd is he's, he's popping in later on so we can put some of these points to him but he, he's putting this out to consultation what would happen if everybody came back and said don't touch our police stations would he have to listen to public opinion
23: well he doesn't have to um except that in i think it's yes it's now two and a half years he uh, there is another election for police and crime commissioner so if david lloyd wants to. Um, stand again and get re-elected, then he needs to be mindful of what the public in Hertfordshire uh, actually wants. Um, th- and that is the, the big test with um, police um, and crime commissioners. Whereas police authorities were somewhat, autonom- uh, were somewhat uh, anonymous and distant, um, police and crime commissioners and David Lloyd in Hertfordshire, as he has an election to fight in two and a half years, he needs to be mindful of what the public actually wants.
7: Bernard, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Bernard Ricks from Bedfordshire, an advisor to the police.
5: Call 08459
12: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear, we've got a, a little text here from Pat. Hi,
7: Ian. Ollie Martin's proudest boast is saving the jobs of 35 PCSOs when he closed police stations. They are known as professional witnesses. So why can't we have real police officers on our front line? Front line. What use are PS? Uh, what use are PCSOs? Can't they be replaced with cardboard cutouts? Harsh, but fair? Question mark. Over to you, Oh eight four five nine Front page of the newspapers. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, 1,000... Oh, my goodness gracious. It's depressing news, by the way. You might want to go and make a cup of tea. 1,000 care home residents die thirsty. Oh, my goodness. Official... Fi- that's t- uh, hang on. Official figures, figures reveal the full extent of neglect as vulnerable are left dehydrated. More than 1,000 care home residents have died of thirst while suffering severe dehydration over the past decade. Elderly and vulnerable patients were left without enough water despite being under the supervision of train staff. Oh, for goodness sakes. Really? I mean, for goodness sakes. Uh, And there's a picture of um, uh, three of the people who died in that uh, helicopter crash in Glasgow. The helicopter crash in Glasgow, the train crash in New York... Oh, dear. The Times... Sudden surge in property crime alarms police chiefs. Um, The era of falling crime could be at an end according to leaked figures showing a disturbing trend of rising muggings, burglary and theft. Put that to one side. Speak to David Lloyd. What else have we got here? Uh, The Independent. Oh, that's a good picture on the front page of the Independent. Look, it's an elephant coming out of the water. It's nice, that. Um. There we go, it's a story about elephants, anyway. 800,000 people lifted out of fuel poverty by redefining it. Clever. Very clever. The government is attempting to manipulate official figures to bring down fuel poverty, it's claimed today. It really is depressing news today, Catherine. There's not a lot of...
16: uh... It is, and there's that, there's that story of the forcible caesarean as well
7: goodness sakes, yes. That Bipolar really woman, full services errand, and then they're going to take her kid and put it up for adoption. OK, OK. I'm back in China, PM tells Beijing. Cameron flies in with effusive praise and pledged to champion country in the West.
16: I don't think they need anyone to champion them, do they? No,
7: they're doing all right. They're doing... Basically, we're going to go and suck up to China. Just forget the human rights stuff. Let's go and suck up to them, you know. Uh, the Daily Express, get ready for polar plunge. Temperatures to dive as a blast from north brings snow this week. Oh, for goodness sakes. This, I mean, this morning was cold, but it wasn't frosty. But that's all going to change. When are we going to change? Um, Friday. OK, we've got a few more days of this and then...
16: Friday after nine, hopefully.
7: Oh, for goodness sakes. I'm, 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 I quit. Can we just... Uh, why can't we be like hedgehogs and squirrels and bury our nuts and then just hibernate? I want to I be a bear. I want to sleep in a big cave for a month. <laughs> two months and then, then some come hair
16: out. comes along with an alarm clock and ruins it all
7: didn't they just uh, and uh, Diana murder probe whitewash the Daily Mail why is the PM taking racy apprentice star and his father-in-law to China which racy apprentice star Karen Brady oh I interviewed Karen Brady once um, and um, the man who looks like my father-in-law Nick uh, and it was very exciting <coughs> oh sorry was that gesture telling me to turn off the microphone I'll so you could that. cough
8: thanks right. Kath, I'll have that <laughs> Have another
16: one. I've done, Karen.
8: Turn the fader off. I need to.
16: <laughs> I need to have a really good cough no, it's get not get normally a coffee. I get some
8: for the coffee montage. <laughs> oh, she's leaving. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll get that as well. Thanks, Kath. Thanks.
7: I had to interview Karen Brady, and I was using um, a, a piece of recording equipment called a Marantz, which is it's, it's quite old school and it's really difficult to work. I couldn't work it. And we kind of got... It was, it was like a junket, so there were loads of us, and we got herded into a room.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
8: mm. <laughs> what are you laughing at? that? I've just seen... I've just got the audio ready to clip Kath's cough, and yeah. you can see clearly where she's coughing. Oh, so
7: can I lovely. tell my story?
8: Sorry, sorry. Tell me about Karen Brady's Morants.
7: Well, that's what I was getting to.
8: Right.
7: So I didn't know how to use this piece of equipment, and the interview started... <laughs>
8: <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs>
7: We haven't got time for the Karen Brady-Morant story now. Oh, oh
16: please. please. Oh, get it's up. awful.
12: Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio looking very slow in Hoddesdon on the A10 southbound. Amp Hill at Dunstable Street is closed. That was after a gas leak uh, yesterday around Woburn Street. A1M southbound slow at junction 7 for Stevenage and the M1 southbound also heavy going between junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise is very slow between 21A for St Albans and 15 for the M4. There are queues at the north orbital roundabout as well at the M25 junction 21A. Public and sport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Alice, thank you very much indeed. It's coming up to 7.30. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest news and sport now. Here's Jane Killick.
12: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
7: This
5: is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: 7.30. Good morning. A solicitor from Bedford is due to be sentenced today for getting a severely mentally disabled brother and sister to sign away the rights to their home. Ranbir Dalliwal's actions led the family into bankruptcy. Detectives in Glasgow say nine people are now known to have died when a police helicopter crashed into a pub on Friday evening. Six of the bodies have been recovered and a search for more is continuing. Budget cuts at Hertfordshire Police are due to lead to police station closures and a council tax rise. The warning comes from the Harts Police Commissioner, David Lloyd, in an open letter to residents. The weather, a cloudy day with light winds and a high of 8 Celsius. Under sport and in football, the new Fulham manager, rene Mollenstein has insisted he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from Martin Joel. Joel was sacked yesterday. Chelsea have closed the gap on Premier League leaders Arsenal to four points after beating Southampton 3-1 at Stamford Bridge. Meanwhile, the Southampton goalkeeper, Artur Borak, is expected to be out for up to six weeks after fracturing his hand during yesterday's match. The managers of Watford, Milton Keynes-Dons and Stevenage, will have endured miserable weekends. All three were criticised after their sides conceded three goals in home defeats at the weekend. Watford boss Gianfranco Zola admits confidence is low after losing to bottom club Yeovil.
17: It's been tough for me. Things will become more difficult from now on, of course, at least uh, until we get... Uh confidence pack that's the only way I know I mean I, I believe that uh, we are doing everything we can in training to help them changing you know if there are something more that we can do we'll do but the uh, first step will be you know to be yeah. well humble because uh, right now we need that.
0: The draw for the second round of the FA Trophy takes place today. Luton Town and St Albans are in it although both need to win first round replays to progress. In cricket, the England batting coach Graham Gooch has confirmed either Ian Bell or Joe Root will bat at three in place of Jonathan Trott for the second Ashes test in Adelaide, which starts later this week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. So there's a toilet for sale in Luton. What would you do with it? I quite like the idea of owning one of these uh, little toilets. I, I think it'd be quite a nice thing to have. Just think of all the things you could do with it. Um... Wee-wees. do <laughs> <laughs> you let me cough again. <laughs> <laughs> What? Listen, I know. I know exactly what you're doing, okay, Catherine. I know exactly what you're doing. You've dyed your hair. You look all snazzle dazzle, uh, and you've got a little coffee cough because you. Oh, I've got a sore throat. I don't know if I'll be able to make it in for the rest of the week, guys. But I've done my hair. I look good, so I can party, party, party all day long. That's what you're going to do, isn't it? You're, you're setting you think, us up.
16: You think that's why I'm planning?
7: You're setting us up for a bunk off.
16: You think I'm Ferris Bueller? <laughs>
7: yeah, Bueller, <laughs> Ferris Bueller, <laughs> Unfortunately, Bueller. if
16: I was to have a day off, I would be able to be driving Ferraris and going to house parties. I'd be up to my eyes in kids.
7: Okay, wow. Which I think
16: a... is rude, don't you, if you're feeling ill?
7: Yeah, I think so. Why, why don't Your they own just... kids wanting why ca- you? Why can't you just switch them off? <laughs> in many ways you can, Cowpole. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Have we got anything for this 15 minutes? No. That's awkward, isn't it?
16: Uh. Oh, um... I can read you an email.
7: Sure. <laughs> Do it really slowly. <laughs> I will. double oh, five, 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 five five double five. Yeah, Until someone rings up, that's going to happen, isn't it?
16: Uh, just let me find it. There was quite a good one. Hang on. Oh, here we go. This is from Sam. Oh, yeah. Sam Walsh. Dear Sir. Boy or uh, girl? Uh, don't think it matters, does it? Not these days. Who would you like it to be? A girl. OK, Sam Walsh. Girl. Dear Sir, obviously not for you. I wanted to write to you with regards to a huge act of kindness that occurred today, and I think it may be newsworthy.
7: Oh, go on then, let's have this. On
16: Thursday, my nan had her purse stolen in Dunstable. Thieves! Standard issue in this day and age. Well? As I was cross, I decided to set a personal rant to the Facebook page Spotted in Dunstable. view To letting the community know what sort of person we have in our midst, as well as giving a victim of crime an identity. Yes. My message appears to have touched some heartstrings, and the kind people who've befriended this page have sent donations to replace what my nan had stolen. Oh, there you go. Even local businesses have set up donation boxes. Really? Yep, Catherine Dry Fish and Chip Shop and Artisan Hairdressers Dunstable.
7: What's this... What's this... uh, Let's have a look at this face. (laughs) Oh, that really is... Sorry,
16: spotted in Dunstable. That really is... Sam says, it's more than I could have imagined, and I feel that their kindness at this time of year is worth a huge mention. I hope you agree.
7: Spotted Dunstable. 10,274 people like this... Let's have a little uh, look. No, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, have you seen? Oh, the f- very first post on there, Rick Hay. Oh, I can't read that. Oh no, is well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> have you seen it? No, let me look. Um. Oh dear. Well, it's it's a very noble. I, I suggest that the, the moderators need to steam in there quite quickly because I'm sure you can't say that about about Rick Hay. That's got to be... um, Oh, no, what's going on? That's got to be libelous, hasn't it? Poor Mr Hay.
16: Oh, dear. (laughs) Oh, dear.
7: Oh. Rick Hay gets bad press. Anyway, yes, it it is up there, and well done. Um, uh, There's a box behind a counter of a chip shop. Um, uh, Can I just say... Here we go, this is the post. Can I just say that I hope the scumbag who stole my nan's purse... Uh, in Dunstable on Thursday, enjoyed the contents. However, please bear this in mind. Three weeks before Christmas, and an 80-something-year-old lady has not only had the violation of some dirtbag dipping their hand in her bag, she's lost a 100 quid that she'd just drawn out of the bank. Oh, this is awful. Supposed to have been used to buy presents for her seven grandchildren, 11 great-grandchildren, tra- gr- great and five great-great-grandchildren. Merry Christmas, you scrote. Um...
16: Yeah, some of the comments on there are quite it's um, sweary, but I think they mean well.
7: Yeah. It, it really is... Um... Oh, I can see what Rick Hayes said. Yes, it, yes it, OK, right. It's, it's, I would suggest the moderators should get in there a little bit harder in their policing of that uh, thing. But, yeah, well, well, well done that people have pulled together. That's nice. We and like people that.
16: People do. You know when Joyce was saying about the neighbours or yep. warning each other about the burglary? I think people do, don't they, in times of adversity? I, I know that we live in a horrible... In horrible times sometimes, but I think most people are good. I still believe that. Do
7: you think? Yeah, I, I, I do, do. I really do. I do think. And then you hear stories like this idiot solicitor who's got these two, you know, um, people who are mentally unstable, mentally ill, mentally challenged, shall we say, to sign away their home. You hear this idiot going and nicking an old woman's purse... Oh, I do wonder sometimes.
16: I know, but that's what they always say, don't they? Look for the helpers. In bad times, look for the helpers.
7: What, what's Sophie Solari up to? she got, got back in touch yet? We said it's remote control Sophie today.
8: She has arrived in Hitchin. Okay. She'll be sending audio over. Right. And I'll play it soon. Okay, we'll get it.
7: We look forward to Are that. Are you still
8: wanting some extra content here?
7: Well, I've got seven, eight minutes to fill. And My I'm...
8: cough montage is 18 seconds. Wowzers. So we how many times that? can we play that over?
7: We're not playing it now. OK. No, that's, we're saving that for Christmas. Christmas special. Ooh, coming up. Christmas special. We're going to be... I say Christmas special. I'm having two weeks off. Um, we will be playing a, a montage of all of your coughs, dear listening.
8: <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a lot.
7: <coughs> and that. And that one. There we go. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to. Give us a call. Uh, we didn't finish. We, we didn't look at the sun. Now, the sun... I mean, the sun really is... Every now and then, they do a cracking story, and every now and then, they do some terrible stories. The front page, it's the picture of Helen Flanagan, who she... Well, she used to be an actress. She was in Coronation Street, wasn't she? Well, no, she was in Coronation Street. um, And now she's just a pair of boobs. And can I just say, you know, in this world where we we, uh, judge people on their looks, which we shouldn't, nothing special to look at, really. There are far more attractive people in the world. Well, Helen Flanagan's boobs uh, get more coverage then the uh, the pub crash the pilot killed in the glasgow pub crash helped with prince william's helicopter training former flight lieutenant 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 i can never remember what we say here david trail 51 below uh, left yes planned chinook sessions for wills at raf oddiham hans now we we move into the uh, insides of the, uh, the, the, the the sun and even the sun are struggling for newspapers there is a, they've got a picture, they've got all these pictures, you know they're often um, the pictures of the face of Christ in a cheese sandwich, uh, or, or the face of Mary um, in, um, oh I don't know, in a funny feat, you know the ice cream, in a fab, oh look there's God in a fab, oh look it's it's uh, Muhammad in a curly whirly, you know that kind of stuff, right, well they've got one of those, exclusive, image will haunt the world, well no it won't. You basically filled two papers with no sto- two pages with no story, two pages no story. Yeah. Thought you were going to cough then. <laughs> okay. A haunting face, dubbed the Angel of 9/11, has appeared in debris from the World Trade Center attack. Right. Okay. The spooky image has suddenly been noticed in a girder taken from the exact spot struck by the first airliner it came to light when the 30-foot relic was hoisted into place at a new museum under Ground Zero in New York. Construction workers were left speechless with one saying, it sent people around the site running wild. With one saying, well, hang on a second, if you've got a story as amazing as this, surely you'd get the name of the construction worker who was saying it sent people running wild. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Construction workers were left speechless with with one saying, it sent people around the site running wild. The quote from this nameless person who's seen this miracle continues. No one is allowed near the structure. The lighting has not been altered. It just happened by itself. We've never seen anything like this, said an unnamed person. The face with an open-mouthed, sad-eyed expression appears to gaze down from the girder's position on a wall. One private visitor, again, who's not been named... You can see the face clear as day. It's as if it's looking down over a sacred spot. The workers call it the angel of 9-11. Now, if this story were true, right, you've got a worker and you've got someone who's gone to visit it. We don't know the names of either of those people, but, but, we have got a photograph of the face. So we look at the photograph of the face. What do we see? Well, we see the twisted metal of the girder. Okay. And then we see the close up and well, um yeah, uh no, I can tell you now that that is not a face. That have a look at that, Catherine. It's not a face, is it? Oh. Oh, is it? It
16: looks like a scream mask. But it well <laughs> it doesn't look like a sad eyed angel, does it?
7: It does look like it doesn't look like anything. If you were to move if you were to move like, two millimetres to the left or right, you'd lose that face. Oh, look, I, if you look at um, a mobile phone, it looks like a face. If you look at the front of a car, it looks like a face. That is not a face. Uh, no. No.
16: No, it's really not, is it?
7: Totally making up stories. Well done, the son. Um, oh, here's a text. Ian, send Catherine home. I can't stand her coughing. Half of 3CR are going to go off sick, and she's spreading the germs. Mariam and in Hemel. It's what she wants, Marion. It's what she wants. Don't give her that pleasure. Ricky says it's a pleasure. Ricky says, uh, Luton Town selling their toilet being shut for two years. Why don't Dunstable sell their toilet at the top of Houghton Road? That's been shut for 20 years. You do wonder, don't you? Oh eight four five nine 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, this morning, we've been playing uh, Remote Control Sophie. Sophie Solaris very boldly stepped in for uh, Justin Dealey. He couldn't be bothered to turn up. He just couldn't be bothered to turn up. So Sophie has uh, stepped in. Didn't have anything for her to do. So Remote Control Sophie, we uh, we sent her out. And uh, we'll play that... I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll play that after the um, news and the weather, because it's 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 a long one, and I want to get the full effect of that. But she's been to St Mungo's uh, in Hitchin, where they're on strike. It's um, a homeless shelter, and the people that work there are on strike, so she's gone down there to have a look at that. But we've still got another hour and 15 minutes where we need to find something for Sophie Solaria. So if you can think of anything... 08459 555. Have you got a hairy nose? i tell you why... I shave my nose twice a day. No, not me, not me. Oh, the look of disgust on Kelly Bett's face. Conk skin hairy. Huh? Is that a pun? Conk skin hairy. Conk? Is that a pun? Conk conk skin hairy. Conk skin. Conk skin. Conk skin hairy. No, I, I don't know what that is. Anguished Andrew Leslie has to shave his nose twice a day after a skin graft from his scalp... Repaired damage suffered in a drunken attack. Andrew, 40, endured three operations on his mangled conch after it was bitten by his brother Stephen. Well, there's a picture of it bitten and it looks horrible. But the hair follicles in the transplanted skin are still active. So Andrew has to keep it in trim with a razor. Last night he said, ''I've got to shave it twice a day. I've got to live with this scar on my face for the rest of my life. I hate it. It's disgusting.'' Stephen bit Andrew's nose so fiercely he took off a huge chunk of his right nostril. He had to spend months with an unsightly flap coming from his head down to his nose while the skin grew and will need further operations. But Andrew has forgiven his 43-year-old brother and even wrote to the judge at his trial pleading for leniency. He said, I know he didn't mean it. Now, hang on a second. How do you bite someone's nose off without meaning it? Restaurant owner Stephen of North Wales got a two-year suspended sentence for wounding and was told that Andrew's plea kept him out of jail. Scalp skin is as good as you can get, says the doctor, and has plenty of blood vessels. Now, the reason this struck me is, is interesting, because I was watching a documentary the weekend about Ginger Baker, the uh, mental drummer, lunatic. Oh! Anyway, and there was a shot of him, and he had loads of hairs on his nose, and I kind of thought, I, if I had a nose like that, I would have to shave it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wax my nose. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I've already started... Do I say this on the radio? You're going to, aren't you? I've started shaving my neck. Oh. Sorry? Your neck? Yeah, I get a hairy neck. Whereabouts? Well, like, around is the back like on around the, the
8: line where your beard
16: is? Around the
7: th- front, that's your throat. The neck <laughs> is the back.
16: My mum used to have to shave my granddad's neck to differentiate between his head hair and... His
7: well, body. Now I'm getting. Now I'm getting. I I've changed hairdressers. I'm getting back hair because my other hairdresser would do a little shifty at the top of the back. My new hairdresser doesn't do that. So I've got a thick plume of hair just uh, just in line with my shoulders. Where have you got hair, to listener, that you don't want? Oh wait, 455 double five five double five. Right, it's uh, seven forty five. BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice.
13: Problems on the A5 at the moment. Alison phoned in. Uh, there's been an accident past Markgate, which is blocking the road in both directions at Luton Road. I think it's having a knock-on effect as we've also also heard a call from Maggie, who's heading to the M1 from Dunstable, and that is at a standstill on the Great Bar- Barford Bypass heading west. There's one lane blocked between the Black Cat Roundabout and the Bedford Southern Bypass because of a broken-down lorry. M1 southbound heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 7 for Hemel Hempstead, and the N25. And Anti clockwise, very slow between 21A and 15 for the M4. Also, queues at the North Orbital Roundabout for the M25 Junction 21A. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Alice, thank you very much. 7.47. It is uh, Monday, the 2nd of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A solicitor from Bedford will be sentenced today for persuading a mentally ill brother and sister to sign away their home. Police in Hertfordshire are being told police station. Uh, people in Hertfordshire, sorry, are being told police stations are likely to close, and there'll be a rise in council tax because of budget cuts at Harts Police. In football, the new Fulham manager Rene Muhlenstein, is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the sacked Martin Jol.
12: Right, let's get the weather now. Here's Kate Kinsella.
5: Hearts
19: and Bucks weather.
12: BBC Three Counties Radio.
19: Good morning. Well, it's a rather cloudy and grey start to the new working week. We had a lot of cloud overnight, but that helped protect us from the colder air. So, in fact, it's a relatively mild start—six or seven Celsius across all three counties at the moment. Now, this cloud isn't going to go too far today, I'm afraid. It's just going to hang there. We're trapped inside this area of high pressure, which has calmed our weather down, but we've got lots of cloud trapped within it, and it's going to stay around for the next few days. It should stay dry, though. The maximum temperature, not much warmer than it is now. We're looking at a maximum later of maybe 8, 9 Celsius. Now, overnight tonight, we're hanging on to the cloud, at least for the first part. That's going to uh, protect us again from the colder air. But as we head through the remainder of the night, we'll get some thinner areas of clouds and breaks, and that's going to allow mist and fog patches to form, um, especially as we head um, towards dawn tomorrow morning. Now, some of these fog patches potentially quite thick and dangerous. Minimum temperature down to two. Celsius. Obviously, we may get a degree or two cooler than that if the cloud parts over the right area at the right place. We could actually see a sparkle of frost tomorrow morning. A similar sort of day tomorrow, and for Wednesday, it's the Thursday that we'll start to notice the change. The wind switches around, it really starts to increase as well. A northerly strong breeze making things feel very, very cold, and then through Friday as well. So, we're watching this all very closely as the temperature gets very, very cold towards the end of the week. And that's your forecast.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks as we bring you the three counties like never before. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. I think it's a fabulous old town. It's got heart, it's got character. All this week in Hitchin.
24: It's just the quaintness of the town. I just think it's a
10: really
12: bespoke town. If
5: you've got a story everyone should know about, let us tell everybody about it. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk.
16: It's got a wonderful, youthful vibe. I think the people are really, really pleasant.
5: The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Hitchin. It's lovely. I wouldn't like to live anywhere else. Local and vocal. BBC
7: Three Counties Radio. You lot are weird. I mean that sincerely. Nick is texting. Keep Catherine coughing. Her coughing sounds very sexy on my radio. Do you want to give Nick a quick thrill? Uh Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Now this morning we've had Sophie Soleris, our roving reporter, and we played uh, remote control Sophie. We're still playing it. We didn't have anything for her, so we asked you to call in and uh, give us a, a story for Sophie to go and, and look at. You can still give us a call. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Well, one caller got in touch saying that he worked at some Mungo's uh, um, homeless shelter in Hitchin, and that the staff there were on strike. And would Sophie like to go down there and have a look? Well. She didn't want to, but we made her.
9: St. Mungo's, St. Mungo's, keep your promises! St. Mungo's, keep your
2: promises! St. Mungo's, keep your
10: promises!
18: So I've just arrived at the picket line here in Hitchin uh, of the St. Mungo's charity for the homeless and um, people line the pavement holding high their red flags, their banners are stating fair terms and conditions for St. Mungo's workers. And I'm going to now speak to Paul Kershaw from Unite. Paul, what's going on this morning?
24: Well, there's a, a one-week strike which the workers here really regret having to take. But since St Mungo's took over this charity, they've changed their working hours, and they've promised and agreed with us to u- to use the organisation's terms and conditions. But then they've gone back on that. So that has main effects. Of that are that they are refusing to give decent sick leave, and you can imagine what that means for people when you understand that there's been cases where people have had time that they should have taken off for investigations on cancer and their sick leave has been refused and they've had to calculate whether they can afford to take have the medical treatment and i think that is you know not the uh, act of a caring organization
18: i notice here there's a lot of care workers on the picket line is it affecting people at the bottom as well as the top or is this um slightly unfairer.
24: Well, the senior managers that take the decisions not to give the sick leave are on some of those terms and conditions. So obviously, they do get the sick leave. It only affects the people at the bottom, the people who actually have to deliver the care.
18: The people working at the coalface? Exactly. Do, do the people using the service get affected by this in any way?
24: Well, the service they will be receiving must be limited by it, and we really regret that this action had to be taken. And, you know, we... It, up till the end of last week I personally wrote to the chair of St Mungo's and we wrote to the chief executive saying won't you come and talk to us about this you know why rip up the agreement we had we haven't had a reply I'm still waiting for a reply from the chair
18: do we know how many people are suffering here uh, not just at this St Mungo's I guess the one all in the UK
24: well no actually it's the other way around it is Everywhere else in the UK, they're on proper terms and conditions. And this seems to be a move towards a more macho management style. So it's actually the people in Hitchin who are being hit by this. Just
18: the people in Hitchin? Yeah. That seems bizarre and actually completely unfair.
24: It does. I think that's, you know, I couldn't put it better myself. I don't understand why they would choose... To pick a fight on this, unless it's part of a turn towards a more macho management style, which is completely inappropriate in a caring organisation.
18: How popular is this, St Mungo's at Hitchin?
24: The the project itself, I think it forms a very important role in the town.
18: So the fact that the uh, care workers and staff are essentially suffering must affect the people that use this service here
24: absolutely if you want to deliver a good caring service you really have to treat the people delivering the service in a reasonable way in a decent way
18: aside from hearing back from the chairman and indeed any of the people at the top here in uh, St Mungo's what do you want
24: we simply want them to adhere to the agreement they made which is to put everyone here on the standard terms and conditions which means they get decent sick leave
18: finally how long will you be outside St Mungo's today and the rest of the week?
24: Yeah, we're going to be, they're on strike for the whole week and if St Montgolf's don't see sense we're going to have to take out further action but we just hope that they'll come and talk to us.
18: So far you've had quite a few people signing your petition, I guess this is something you want to continue?
24: Yeah, the, the, uh, the strikers will be in the town centre getting more signatures and as you've seen we've had people coming by, sounding the horn, coming up, signing the petition, a very friendly response from, town, from people in town.
7: Sophie, excellent work. Thank you very much. There's another hour of the show, though. She don't get off that lightly. Remote control Sophie, where would you like to send her? Doesn't need to be a big, heavy story like that. It can be something light, frivolous and ridiculous. She has got um, some moustaches with her. If that makes a difference. Does that make a difference? 08459 four double five five double five. Hey, guys, a public toilet is for sale in Hightown in Luton, yeah? Yeah? It closed down two years ago, and now the facility in the Burr Street car park is on the market. But who would buy something like this? We can talk now to Stephen Wood, the director of Luton Estate Agents, SR Wood & Son Limited. Stephen, what do you make of this former public toilet? Is it an impressive building? It is very impressive. From an architectural point of view, very, very impressive. It, well, tell us how it's impressive because the pictures on the facebook page it looks just like a, a public loo <laughs> well it is a public loo but it, it, it's a pretty public loo uh
10: yeah, i it it it, it 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 could lend itself to a variety of different uses just simply by its design well what kind of uses could it be what, what, what could it be turned into Well, I I had clients of mine, they they phoned me up a couple of months ago, in fact, and said that they had a little bit of money to spend and um, could I go and find them something. And these particular clients are an old Lutonian family. And um, I identified the toilet. For them, it would have been ideal in in that it was an old Luton property, been standing for 100 years or more. And we made a couple of bids for it, but we just weren't successful. The selling agents wanted a, a wholly unrealistic sum, and, uh, and we just weren't prepared to pay that sort of money. What did this family want to do with it? Uh, I think they probably would have changed it into uh, a small takeaway or a right. small cafe, something along those lines.
7: And I guess the problem would, would be that you'd have to uh, get the, the council to change the usage of the property. Would yeah. that be easy to do, do you think? Very easy. I mean, today, planning rules are much more relaxed than they used to be. You could whack in what's
10: called a pre-application. You get an answer to that within a couple of weeks or three or four, and that gives you a 99% steer as to whether or not uh, what you really want to do will be given the thumbs up.
7: And in terms of location, would, would a cafe be, be suitable there? I think so. There's lots of other hot food establishments up and down the
10: area. It seems to be very popular for that type of uh, type of use. Um, but, uh, but who knows, somebody else may have come along and wanted a, a little boutique handbag shop or
7: something Oh my goodness Now, uh, you, you say that your offers were turned down What what are, what are the agents asking for it? Well, they were asking about £60,000 Oh, for the... ho, ho, excuse me,
10: what? No, I know, I know, 60000 And this is just for, you know, something that was little more than a hundred square foot or so They're
7: having a laugh with that They're chancing their arms, aren't they? As, as, as Let's be honest, sometimes your estate agents do <laughs> As a
10: company, we tend not to, in fairness, but
7: no, yeah, o- o- other, others might. Okay, so do, 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 it's going to be—it's looking like it's going to be let out. Yeah, I heard a couple of
10: months ago via uh, uh, a source that the um, council had uh, agreed terms for it to be let to whom I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be good for Hightown. I, yeah. I adore Hightown. It's the oldest suburb of Luton outside of the town centre. And if you talk to some of the, the old boys and ladies up there, they still treat it as a village mentality.
7: No, it, w- it will certainly be good. Stephen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed. Stephen Wood, Director of Luton Estate Agents, S.R. Wood & Son Limited. 60 grand. flipping it. If you want to see a picture of it, you can. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. I was thinking it was going to be something like ten or fifteen grand, something like that. I thought we could all chip in here at work and we could own it. Maybe we could downsize BBC Three Counties radio and move into there. You never know. Oh wait, 459-455-555 remote control. Sophie, where do you want our roving reporter, Sophie Soleria, to go for the last hour of the show? Coming up to 759,
12: let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. <laughs>
13: We had a call from Alison about the A5 which is blocked in both directions between Kensworth and Dunstable. It's having a knock on us. We've had calls from Maggie and Pete as well about the A505. That's reportedly closed with causing quite a lot of queues there. In Woburn, the High Street is closed in both directions after a car turned over at Leighton Street. And on the Great Barford Bypass, heading west, there's a lane blocked between the Black Cat Roundabout and Bedford Southern Bypass because of a broken down lorry. The M1 Southbound looking heavy now between 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. The N25 anti-clockwise, very slow between 21A and 16 for the M40. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Thank you very much, Alice. Well, a lot to cram in in the last hour of the show, including would you miss your police stations if they close down?
5: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: 8 o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. The headlines, sentencing for Bedford solicitor who conned mentally disabled siblings to sign over their home, budget cuts to bite at Hertfordshire Police and a public toilet in Luton is up for sale.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: A solicitor from Bedford is due to be sentenced today for getting a severely mentally disabled brother and sister to sign away the rights to their home. Ranbir Dallywald managed to get John and Claire Bartlett, both in their 30s, to mark the legal document with a J for him and a C for her. It meant the house, which they shared with their parents, was put up as security for a quarter of a million pound loan, which ended up forcing the family into bankruptcy. Mother Elaine Bartlett says they never thought the deal would go through.
9: We stood aside a few yards away while the signatures were procured. We had no idea that they were going to be legally binding. We couldn't see how this particular deal could be carried off.
0: Police investigating the helicopter crash in Glasgow on Friday say a ninth person has been found dead in the wreckage. Detectives have also released the name of one of the other eight who were killed, Samuel McGee, who is 56 and from Glasgow. Fewer police stations are likely and council tax will rise if proposals by the Harts Police Commissioner David Lloyd are approved. He's written an open letter to residents in Hertfordshire explaining where he hopes to make savings worth £30 million to cope with the reduction in budget for the force. David Lloyd says frontline policing is still his priority
11: savings would be made by having fewer but more efficient police buildings, running our support services more efficiently, increasing the police precept and increasing our collaboration with Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire.
0: Some of the biggest energy companies have been giving details to the stock market this morning explaining how they are responding to government plans to reduce the increase in energy bills. British Gas has said changes to two green regulations means their tariffs will be going up by five percent instead of nine percent. Meanwhile, Ed Miliband will visit the VW National Training Centre in Milton Keynes today. In a speech to staff, the Labour leader is due to dismiss the government's energy levy shake-up as smoke and mirrors, saying ministers do not get the cost of living crisis. He'll insist the cosy deal reached with the big six power firms will still see bills going up this winter. A public toilet is for sale at Hightown in Luton. It closed down two years ago, and now the facility in the Burr Street car park is on the market. Tony Fisher asked these people if anyone was interested.
2: There's a toilet block up for sale here. Do you fancy buying a toilet block? No, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, <are> you sure? <laughs> yes. It's a good location.
4: <laughs>
3: well, it's the driveway. That's your driveway. There's your little garden. You know, make it into a little studio flat. You'd be laughing,
4: <laughs> wouldn't <will> you? <Yeah. laughs>
0: In football, the new Fulham manager, René Moulinstein, is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the sacked Martin Yole. The weather, a dry day and largely cloudy today, with some bright spells this afternoon and a high of 8 Celsius. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk.
5: We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's got a wonderful, youthful vibe. The shopkeepers are chatty and then they'd remember you when you came back. If things need
25: doing, then people do get together.
5: All this week in Hitchin's. lovely. I wouldn't like to live anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Suddenly, it's nearly four minutes past eight. How did that happen? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's gonna get colder this week, a lot colder. Oh no! There's something wrong with my boiler. The water pressure keeps dropping. I have to keep going out into the garage to reboot the boiler. So I get double cold. No fair. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including a Bedford solicitor is facing a jail sentence for helping a severely learning disabled brother and sister sign away the rights to their home. Well, should the loan company have accepted their application? Have you found it too easy to get loans? Have you had companies throwing money at you, credit cards, things like that? Hertfordshire's police commissioner is warning residents to expect a council tax hike in his bid to get a bigger share. David Lloyd will be in in the next 30 minutes. What would you like to say to him? Maybe he's got a point. Perhaps we should go further. Shouldn't we just close all police stations? And it's remote control Sophie. Sophie Solaria is our reporter today. We've got an hour. She's already been to a picket line in Hitchin. Where would you like to see her go before nine o'clock? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 455 four double five
12: five double five.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: A Bedford solicitor will be sentenced later for getting a brother and sister with severe learning disabilities to sign away the rights to their home. Rambeer Dallywell made sure John and Claire Bartlett put up their parents' house as security of a quarter of a million pound loan, a move that led the family into bankruptcy. The pair are unable to read or write, so Dallywell made sure they made their mark signing with a J for John and a C for Claire. Charles Turner is president of the Insolvency Practitioners Association. Morning, Charles. Good wouldn't, wouldn't some uh, a document signed with just an initial raise concerns with the lender?
26: I would like to have thought so. Uh, clearly they went ahead in this case, perhaps relying on the fact that they had insisted that John and Claire be given independent legal advice, and perhaps they were entitled to rely on the fact that they had received that advice. But I do question whether... Uh, given that uh, John and Claire's parents to whom the loan was made were um, getting on for 60 or in their 60s, um, whether there were sufficient checks around the affordability and appropriateness of the loan. It was a big loan, £250,000. Mm. So uh, I would like, I would hope that uh, this sort of practice has stopped and uh, it, would not be, it would be unlikely to be repeated.
7: What kind of checks are are carried out, Charles? I mean, should the the loan company have investigated to find out, you know, about the children being mentally handicapped?
26: Well, I guess they would have been entitled to rely on what they were being told in the application um, by the parents, by uh, those assisting the parents, or in fact, in this case, because we are talking about a fraud here, the con men who uh, duped the parents, And they were also entitled to rely on the fact that an independent solicitor was at least apparently giving proper advice to John and Claire. So, given they had no particular direct information on John and Claire's disabilities, uh, perhaps there wasn't a great deal more that they could have done without uh, um, undertaking some very detailed checks which would have probably been going beyond um, the reasonable expectations.
7: How easy is it these days, Charles, to take a loan out? I thought that things had tightened a lot in the last few years.
26: There's no doubt that uh, credit lending criteria did indeed tighten post-Lehman 2008-2009, which is when this dates back to. And um, uh, the amount of loans to con- consumers fell um, but I have noticed in the past few months uh, the criteria easing, um, the, there has been a growth in the amount of uh, loans being made to consumers over the last few months. So it would be well worth bearing in mind the lessons from this type of, frankly, disaster um, when considering uh, the appropriate list of loans, both whether you're a lender or A borrower.
7: If you think that you're a a family member it might be a victim of fraud, what should they do, Charles?
26: Go to the appropriate authorities. I mean, you've got uh, the finance industry, helplines, watchdogs, but of course the police as well if we're talking about fraud.
7: Charles, thank you very much indeed. Charles Turner, president of the Insolvency Practitioners Association. It really is just a shocking, shocking story. These um, people in their their 30s who really weren't up to uh, to signing something like this. Well, John Rutter is a composer, conductor and record producer and knows the Bartlets. Good morning, John. Good morning. Is it true that there are kind of two cons here, aren't there? That There was the, 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 the recent one with this Mr Dallywell where they signed off their house basically but there was also the previous com where they th- they were signing 50,000 pounds a time for for the, the, the photocopiers or something
15: yes um they were in business uh, publishing music and you need professional photocopiers for that purpose to run an office and to be able to duplicate music uh, to a professional standard they um leased and that is quite a standard procedure these days rather than purchasing very expensive op- uh, office equipment you you do just lease it. And it turned out after quite some years of working with a middleman who organized leasing of office equipment that he was a fraudster and that they in fact had been defrauded out of something like a quarter of a million or more pounds um, signing phantom leases for photocopiers which didn't exist. And uh, it's one of those things where if you are dealing with somebody in a business, you would tend to assume that they're acting in good faith. And unfortunately, in this case, not.
7: And is it true that that one of the people behind the con was a friend of theirs?
15: Became a friend. Um, I I think that, that really it was a business connection, but it was somebody who they thought they could trust Um, somebody who was giving them good advice as to the kind of photocopiers they should lease and on what terms. And in fact, um, all along, um, for a period of something like 20 years, um, they were signing um, fake leases and didn't know it.
7: Now, John and Claire, the two children, they're in their 30s, but they do have very severe learning disabilities, don't they?
15: They do, and their parents' main concern has always been to provide for them for the future when they themselves are too old to care for them. And uh, so that's been an additional burden. And uh, in the end, of course, this ended in bankruptcy for uh, the Bartlets. It was a terrible thing to happen. And I think really my standpoint on this is that If you meet with a road accident, and let's say you're hit by a hit-and-run driver, um, the ambulance crew will pick you up, the hospital and the doctors will sort you out and put you on your feet and send you on your way as best they can. And they may prosecute the hit-and-run driver as well, and that's fine. But if you are swindled by a fraudster, the law seems to leave you as the victim lying in the road. Nothing is really done to help And uh, once you are bankrupt, of course, you're crippled as far as running a business in the future is concerned, um, uh, even if this is through no fault of your own and you haven't done anything wrong. Um, Yes, in this case, the con men have been um, convicted, but that doesn't help the victims. And it seems that the law really isn't doing what it could be doing to help victims of fraud
7: Now, am I right? You're behind a campaign to raise money for for the children, John and
15: Claire. Well, I was one of those who, uh, in effect, contributed to a whip round that was actually organised by professional friends of the Bartlett's people who had known them for many years, um, had started perhaps as customers for their publishing business, um, and who just realised that they were in a terrible plight. And I think some quite useful sums of money have been raised, though I'm not running the campaign. Mm. Um, But, of course, it still leaves them with a long way to go.
7: And uh, Mr Dallywell uh, being sentenced as a solicitor that that, that tricked John and Claire or manipulated them into signing this, what would you like to see happen?
15: Well, um, I'm not sure what the most appropriate remedy actually is. But um, I suppose really what I would like to see happen is a warning go out to anybody um, that if you take out a loan um, for any sort of a sum, uh, substantial in this case, I mean, this was a loan for a quarter of a million pounds, uh, basically so that the Bartlett's could keep going and continue to live in their house, continue to look after the children, just be very, very careful.
7: John, I appreciate your time this morning. It was such a sad story, I think. John Rutter um, um, knew or knows the Bartlets. 08459 455 555.
5: Across beds, hearts, and bucks.
12: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh,
7: with the br- breaking news. It's from Twitter, but it's from the BBC on Twitter, so it must be true, then. Uh, British Gas to cut dual fuel energy bills by an average of £53 pounds from next month. That's, fi- that's £53 pounds a year, isn't it, I would imagine. I would imagine so. And th- that, that's which is not really massive. Does that, does that really make a difference on people's lives, 53 quid a year, in the great scheme of things? I don't know. Also on Twitter, there's a very disturbing picture of Sophie Soleria with a Mark Twain. It's a style <laughs> of moustache. It's a style of moustache. It's not her being dry and droll. It really, it actually suits her, doesn't it?
8: Really it? Looks, it really does. It looks really good.
7: It suits her. She's got quite a wide gap between the nose and top lip, hasn't she? Which, which, which could be filled by a moustache.
16: Mm, I think it makes her look like a sad walrus.
7: Oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? A are
8: pretty, those? Are a pretty those she walrus though?
7: Are those fake lips as well? She stuck fake lips on.
8: <laughs> <laughs> no, they're hers.
7: Oh, that's
12: awkward.
13: The A5 is blocked in both directions between Kensworth and Markyate. All emergency services are on the scene at the moment. There's congestion back to Dunstable. In Woburn, the High Street is closed as well after a car turned over at Leighton Street. The Great Barford Bypass heading west has a lane blocked between the Black Cat Roundabout and the Bedford Southern Bypass after a lorry's broken down. The A1M southbound is slow between Junction 9 for Letchworth and 7 for Stevenage. The M1 southbound looking slow between 12 for Flittick and nine for Redbourne, and the N25 anti-clockwise is really struggling between 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. Public transport: First Capital Connect have delays of up to 15 minutes on services via Stevenage, which is mainly affecting southbound services into London. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much.
7: Right, 8:16, Monday, the second of December. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines. A solicitor from Bedford will be sentenced today for persuading a mentally ill brother and sister to sign away their home. Police stations in Hertfordshire are likely to close, and the council tax is due to rise uh, to cope with budget cuts at Hart's police. In football, the new Fulham manager Rene Muhlenstein is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the Sacked Martin Jol. The weather, a dull and cloudy day with temperatures up to eight degrees.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
14: Tonight, the latest local manager is live in the studio. Hello, it's John Steele, Luton Town Manager. I'm uh, in the studio on Monday to uh, speak
10: to Jeff and Luke. As well as speaking to us, he wants to hear from you, whether you've got praise, questions, or just want to have a chat with him. hope everyone listens and uh, likes what they hear. And if they've got any problems, I'm sure they'll let me know. You can post your question for John on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash BBC3CR. John Still, answering
14: your questions tonight from six in Three Counties Sports.
5: Across beds, hearts, and bucks.
14: This
7: is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now. I don't want any smutty innuendo. I don't want any jokes about poppers and guns and tasers. I don't want any of that nonsense because Jonathan Vernon Smith, David Lloyd is sat next to you. Yes. He is a very, very classy guest. He's a top book in, <laughs> top draw. He's a
11: good lad. I'm wearing a tie.
7: Well done, Exactly. You got it, kind of back to front. You might want to. Oh well, it yes, up. indeed, yes, a little bit <laughs> for the viewers. Just, just to say,
14: but Jonathan,
11: just—he yes. thinks this show is quite classy.
14: So oh let's, right, let's I see. Let's keep that image going. And he might have us both arrested oh, yes. if we do anything to uh, to uh, to change people. Don't do operational. That. You know that. No, because your snazzy glasses. I know, very smart got pink glasses. Oh, so it looks very very smart. You see, uh, do you have a good weekend? Very nice, thank you. Relaxing, gorgeous. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. I yes. saw Father Christmas twice. Did you really? The real Father Christmas, both times. Gosh, he gets
7: around. He does, doesn't he? Yes, Gosh. he was. Yes, he gets all over the place. He's really? Free. He remembered me. There was a weird. Okay, there was a weird bit. Okay, on Sunday when I saw Father Christmas, I-, I went with my boys, my wife, and some friends and their kids. their two boys, and Father Christmas was in a shed, not a shed, a grotto. And and it was the real Father Christmas kids, so just ignore this bit of the conversation. But so the kids are in there. Then the kid, we were in there for a while. The kids got really excited and they ran out. Hmm. And the friend I was with went out to get the kids. So there was a weird bit when it's just me and Father Christmas in his grotto together. Right. And so, how do you make conversation? <laughs> I said. Um, so do you think it's going to be busy for you this year, Father Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and thought. I might as well go along with it. Yes, I'm expecting to be very busy. And then he said, I remember you
14: from when you were a little boy. <laughs> <laughs>
7: And then the kids came back, and the embarrassment went. It was wonderful. Really, it was wonderful.
14: Gosh, you should have uh, probed him and asked, "Yes, but do you remember what you got when I was nine? What did you get?" He's got a lot on his plate. He can't remember everything. It's true. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the uh, actually, David Lloyd will like this one on the big phone in this morning. Would you turn a blind eye to someone shoplifting food? The most recent British crime figures show that more and more people have taken to shoplifting food, and many of those caught have no previous criminal record. Tom Windsor. The Chief uh, chief Inspectorate of the Constabulary has been asked to visit Whitehall to discuss with ministers how best to tackle this crime. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Would you turn a blind eye to someone shoplifting food? Do you remember, David, a little I earlier do. this year? Police helicopter in Hertfordshire? Indeed. To, co- to uh, collect a shoplifter from a supermarket? Yep. Well, is it a big crime? Would you, if you saw someone shoplifting food, would you report them? Uh, well, now, it, it depends on the context. If it's a little
7: old lady putting a bag of cheese in a block of cheese in her pocket, I, I don't know. If it was some young hoodlums going around, you know, taking lager and things like that, then yes, definitely.
14: So it depends on who it is and what they're shoplifting.
7: Uh, yeah, it does. It, it depends on the assumptions
14: that I am making immediately. I know that's not necessarily the right way to go, but that—that's my gut reaction. Stealing, stealing. We live in a country with a welfare state is there really any any reason for anyone to be stealing a block of cheese a couple of chicken breasts no matter what it may be is there any excuse for it? would you turn a blind eye? Have you done it from nine this morning on the big phone And would remember, you remember turn- it's everybody's business Yes it's everybody's business oh, would brilliant. you turn a blind eye to someone shoplifting food oh eight four five nine four double five five double five
12: Text 81333.
14: Start your message with
5: 3CR.
12: Text will be charged at the standard network rate.
5: BBC Three Counties
7: Radio.
14: You done? Just helping your guests. Out. <laughs>
7: <laughs> now, residents. Sorry, I do apologise, David. That's no, right. Uh, residents in Hertfordshire will have to pay more for their police and may say see the number of police stations reduced under a consultation announced by the police and crime commissioner today. In an open letter, David Lloyd said there's also likely to be a rise in council tax. Well, he joins me now, morning, David. Morning. Ian.
11: Thirty million pounds you've got to save over what period of time, and why do you have to save it? Well, um, the uh, context is the national context where everyone in public sector has to save money. We've got to step up to the plate. Over the next four years, we're going to have to save that sort of money. I'm putting together the plan through to 2018 in terms of how we're uh, going to uh, raise that money, how we're going to make sure that we've got a a far uh, more effective and efficient police service. Now, you met with the Home Secretary recently. Didn't you tell her you can't make savings without making cuts to services? Well, um, uh, we meet regularly. Um, All the PCCs meet uh, with the Home Secretary. And uh, I think actually we can uh, make the savings uh, that we need to make um, within this context. We know what the context is, and I think we can make them. And I'll I'll, I'll tell you how we're going to do that, if you like. I mean, Really this, although your headline talks about closing police stations, this is actually what I'm starting today is uh, asking the question of the public whether or not they want local policing. Because the reason that we've got such a positive outcome in Hertfordshire Mm. is because we've got a local policing model with every single uh, borough or district having a commander, a a chief inspector with a team which work in that local community. And what I'm asking the people about is do we continue with that um, and do we trim so that we can make sure that's still delivered. So when it comes to police stations um, we're not looking to close lots and lots of police stations as people know them. Front inquiry offices don't actually exist in Hertfordshire as they used to exist 50 years ago. Um, things have already changed and what I'm saying is I want to underpin that. I want to make sure that every single district or borough has a place where the police will go. But working together with uh, the local district council perhaps here in Hartsmere, we're just building a a place with a with a borough council there in St Albans, we're doing the same. Uh, we're doing the same in hemel so you,
7: you will be closing police stations but you'll be shifting the service to other buildings
11: what what we'll be doing is making sure that we have a really efficient asset base. So a a proper estate uh, strategy, which we'll be uh, going out to to tell people about within the next couple of weeks. But what that's about is making sure that we work together with other partners. There will be a place where police go in each borough or district. But not a police station as we know it. As we know it, no. But as we used to know it, front inquiry offices, they haven't existed for some while.
7: And what kind of buildings would they be in? Would they be in uh, local council offices, fire
11: departments, Tesco's? What, what, what are we looking at? Oh, um, something of all of that. Um, but uh, for the most part, uh, what we've done to date has been to work with uh, boroughs and districts, and that makes a lot of sense. But you're quite right. We can also look uh, further afield. We can look to uh, perhaps work with fire as well if that's needed. We've got to have a place that, if you like, police can muster locally.
7: Supermarkets?
11: Would you consider putting a a police desk in a supermarket? Well, you see, I think what's really important is bobbies, not buildings. What I think is really important is that you do have police going in and out of supermarkets, meeting people, and actually going to the people rather than the other way around. In the 50s, you always used to have to go to the police station to report a crime. I want to take it the other way around. I want the police to go to you. And, of course, that's what they're doing already. When you say bobbies, do you mean pcSOs uh, I mean uh, both uh, police officers and pcSOs I think that they 're both part of uh, uh, the the local policing teams, the neighbourhood teams as they're known, and both have an important role to play. And I'll make sure that um, the last place we look to cut is that local policing team. And to do that, of course, I'm going to have to uh, increase council tax this year, probably next year as well. I'm looking out to 2018 and what I'm looking to do is make sure that we've got a firm financial footing and we can do that through a combination of uh, using buildings more efficiently, greater collaboration and, uh, and increasing council tax. Now, the increase in the council tax, 10 pence a week this year, yeah. £5.20, doesn't sound like a lot. What's, what's the increase planned for next year? I imagine it'll be around about the same level. Mm-hmm. So I, I reckon 10 pence a week. Next and how much on. revenue will that generate for you? Um, well, that, that's quite complex because about a third of our revenue comes from council taxpayers, about two thirds from the government. So that brings a couple of million pounds in okay. in broad figures. Okay. Uh, Just going back to the police stations, which ones are on the list to go? Well, I look forward to coming back to you when we are talking about specific police stations. What I'm giving now is that general uh, uh, direction of travel, and there will be ones which go. Um, What I will ensure is that each borough and district have somewhere in each of them, so that each chief inspector has a place out of which to work. But if you've got a small police station in your area, it's not looking good in terms of that station remaining? <laughs> well, um, you know, a lot of people don't know they've got a small police station, of course, because they don't have a front inquiry office anyway, so it won't make any difference to the public, and I think that's the important <laughs> thing to underline. Collaboration, of course, you, you mentioned you want to share back office services with other forces. Are you restricting that just to beds in Cambridge? Sure. Well, um Everything is a step-by-step process. Um, I'm always interested to see what's out there, what we can, uh, what who, with whom we can collaborate, and how the first step would make more sense for it to be beds and cams. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew and again we'll make a a, a proper announcement on the next stage of that over the the coming The problem with beds of of course is that Ollie Martins doesn't want private contractors brought in does he? Well I think the first stage is to to see what we can collaborate on and what we can uh, do uh, together Um, A lot of it, the first stage is uh, making sure that we make uh, the police function uh, more efficiently and effectively Uh, The next stage might be to look out outside but uh, let's get to that stage when we get to that stage what numbers of police staff are we going to be losing um, over i mean what we will do and i haven't got a, a figure at my fingertips here um, but what what we will do is um, through collaboration of course we will be losing people um, and how many i haven't got a figure for you here i'm afraid right. i haven't, haven't got one at my fingertips but we we will if we need to save um, Thirty million pounds over four years, what we know is that that will come eighty percent of that because eighty percent of our costs are people, eighty percent of that wow. will come from people, and you know that is is, is the way it is <laughs> what the thirty of people, million of course the thirty million of course um, is a question of some people not being employed rather than um, being got rid of. So right. um, a lot of this will be through natural wastage and not impl- employing people for the pressures that are there. There will be people worried about that, though, the loss of, of, of numbers of staff. What kinds of positions will you be looking to well, reduce? I've already said that um, that which is most important to me is the front line. So it'll be more in the back office. So those people who, who do the functions um, which um, can be brought together better, and I suppose, you know, things like HR and legal and those sorts of areas are the bits which I think we can find the greatest efficiency in. OK. Now, you, 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 it's an open letter. that you've, you've asked for feedback from the residents. Supposing everybody comes back and says no. Don't get rid of the police stations, don't cut the number of staff. What do you do then? Well, I think that's a a very good point. I mean, I think I've caught the mood. I think most people will want to have local policing. But I'm a listening politician. Um, And uh, what I recognise is, if I haven't got it right, I want people to tell me now, rather than waiting until I've done it, and then finding that people didn't want me to go in that direction. I suspect I've got it right. A listening politician, because the PCC isn't the political role, is it? Well, of course, it's a political role in that uh, I'm elected to it. Um, uh, And a politician is someone who's elected to office. I'm elected to office. So from that point of view, it's political. Clearly, I'm not overtly partisan. And you know that as well as I do. David Lloyd, always nice to see you. Thank you very much indeed. Are you
7: you set for Christmas? It's just dawned on me this weekend. I've only bought one Christmas present so far. Have you done anything yet?
11: Well, I always I, I try and delegate that to other people. Oh, oh uh, I you see. Know, I, I always, always think that's better. Outsourcing is, is the thing there. Mrs Lloyd has already been out. Mm, well done. Excellent work. David, <laughs> nice to see you. Thank you very much. 08459
7: 455 505. It's 8.30. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice.
12: Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio. Problems on the M40 London bound. Two lanes are closed at Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout after an accident involving multiple vehicles. There's congestion back to Junction 5 for Stoken Church. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. On the A5 we had calls from Alison, Maggie and Peter. That's blocked in both directions between Kensworth and Mark Yate after an accident. Congestion's going back to Dunstable there. We've also had a call from Bill to update us. Those problems on the Great Barford Bypass have now returned to normal. The broken-down lorry has been cleared, which was between the Black Cat Roundabout and the Bedford Southern Bypass. In St Albans, we've had a call from Joanne, the A414 looking slow at Park Street Roundabout. And on public transport, First Capital Connect have delays of up to 15 minutes on services via Stevenage. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
5: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's 8.30, I'm Jane Killick. A solicitor from Bedford is due to be sentenced today for getting a severely mentally disabled brother and sister to sign away the rights to their home. Ranbir Dhaliwal's actions led the family into bankruptcy. Detectives in Glasgow say nine people are now known to have died when a police helicopter crashed into a pub on Friday evening. Six of the bodies have been recovered and a search for more is continuing. Budget cuts at Hertfordshire Police are due to lead to police station closures and a council tax rise. The warning comes from the Harts Police Commissioner, David Lloyd, in an open letter to residents. The weather, a cloudy day with light winds and a high of 8 Celsius. Under sport and in football, the new Fulham manager, René is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League after taking over from the sacked Martin Yole. moulin was placed in charge yesterday with the club 18th in the Premier League table, three points from safety.
12: We've got January
10: coming up and I think everybody in the club needs to realise that we need to invest. And I mean with investors, we need to invest in terms of, as a, as a, as a, as a player squad, we need to make sure that, we, we, that the players take the responsibility to put everything in place with regards to work rate and discipline and take a responsibility to, to make sure that we can get better
0: results. Chelsea's 3-1 home win over Southampton yesterday has taken them to within four points of the Premier League leaders Arsenal. Manchester City are two points further back. They beat Swansea 3-0, while Liverpool are fourth following their 3-1 defeat at Hull City. Tottenham and Manchester United drew two all at White Hart Lane. The managers of Watford, Milton Keynes, Dons and Stevenage will have endured miserable weekends. All three were criticised after their sides conceded three goals in home defeats at the weekend. The draw for the second round of the FA Trophy takes place today. Luton Town and St Albans are in it, although both need to win first round replays to progress. In cricket, Tim Bresnan has been added to the England test squad following his recovery from a back injury and is available for selection for the second Ashes Test against Australia, which starts in Adelaide later this week. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Thank you, Jane. Call
12: 08459
0: 455 555.
12: BBC
7: Three Counties Radio. Uh, we've sent Sophie Solaria out to um, ask people whether they've missed their local police station, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad we've got to do something. Oh, she's! If you go to Twitter, it's just pictures of her wearing different moustaches.
8: She looks brilliant in every single one. She
7: looks hot with the moustache. The Shakespeare one... Um, it looks like her eyebrows.
8: Does it it's, matches? Perfectly. It matches perfectly. Um, can you see that she's drinking a cup of coffee in one of them? Yes, I can. Do you think she's gone out and got the team a coffee? And or? well,
7: if, if she's anything like Justin Daly, then of course she will, because wow. that's that's what we expect from our roving reporters, Sophie.
8: I can't wait to have it.
7: I'm looking forward to having it and a lovely scrambled egg roll. Oh
8: yes, with a bit of catch. A bit of
7: catch. That would be nice. Do you want to tell? we were just talking um, about being nervous and stuff. Before uh, came in. do you want to tell your story about that, or would you rather pass?
5: Pass across beds, hearts, and bucks.
12: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three <laughs> <County> <laughs> Studio. Now,
7: Kelly, Betts, you can't whisper—you can't whisper naughty things to me in my ears, because someone. Well, I have some headphones here, and Kelly's in the next studio, and she can sometimes she can talk to me by flicking a switch. Well, someone heard what was being said once, and let's just say it was Kelly Betts not being very happy. She's very angry with me and calling me various things. Let's put it like that, shall we? And uh, someone heard it and emailed in saying, I think I heard this. So caution needs to be uh, at all times. Anne, Anne, in, <laughs> we can't test it. Anne's in St Albans. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. Would you miss your police station?
6: Uh, yes, I think I would. Um, I don't use it very often, but I don't think it's ah. to be that big. Right. So we don't need all that vast expanse of land to actually have a police presence to
7: serve the public. So uh, D- David Lloyd there was, was mentioning about using possibly other buildings, possibly fire service, council buildings. He, he wasn't against um, something like Tesco or Asda being used. Would, 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 would that be good enough for you as long as you knew where the police were? Would that work? Yeah, it would. It's just a police presence,
6: and obviously preferably a 24-hour police presence, which probably a Tesco or Asda would be even better.
7: Well, you're right, because most police stations, they, they work office hours.
6: Yes, I know, and, and criminals don't.
7: Should we, we, do, do we need police stations? As long as there was like a central jail within each county that prisoners could be hauled off to, the police station, it is rather a, a, an old-fashioned concept, isn't it? Well, you do,
6: need, you do need somewhere to put people after they get arrested. Yeah. Um, I used to do Appropriate adult and spent many hours uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the basement of the police station um, doing it, and I can't imagine how they would manage without having that sort of facility, as I say, whether it was actually in a police station or somewhere else.
7: You were an Appropriate Adult? Yeah. Now, the only reason I know that phrase is from that document, uh, that drama, sorry, about Fred West recently. Yes. I know, so what exactly is an Appropriate Adult? Um, Well,
6: in the absence of someone to be with the um, arrested person, uh, especially if they're a minor, um, then you go and sort of, um, you don't represent them, but you go there to make sure that they are fairly treated. Uh, And, you know, uh, nothing uh, illegal happens and things. And not that the police do anything illegal anyway. No.
4: But
6: uh, a lot of people, um, I mean, with a a boy of 14, for example, you don't know whether you're going to walk in and see a a four-foot shrimp or someone that's six feet two and looks fifty five. You You just really don't know.
7: How did you get it? How did you get... Is it a paid position or voluntary?
6: Oh, no, it's voluntary, and there aren't enough of them either.
7: And, well, I, I, see, I find this fascinating. How did you get, you just turn up at the police one day and say, I'd like to be, uh, uh, to do this, or, or how does it work?
6: Well, well, I was actually a councillor.
7: Right, OK, uh, right.
6: So I got, I was member of the police consultative committee, and as such, you, uh, you don't, it, it's nothing to do with that, but, but the point is, is, I got used to seeing how the police worked, and I got interested and volunteered. But uh, volunteers can come from anywhere,
7: and did you ever... Final question, and I'll let you get on with your day. So I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated by this. Did you ever go in and, and, and sit with someone and just think, oh, I don't want to... What a horrible person. I don't want anything to do with them.
6: No, 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 not at all. I think the only time I ever had what you might demur a little bit was where uh, there was someone who plainly was mentally unwell. And someone of greater experience uh, than I would have been needed, I think, right. uh, probably, to be fair to them. Um, I, I felt that they shouldn't have been interviewed at that point at all. Mm. But being as I wasn't qualified enough to say, look, don't, I just suggested they call in uh, someone who was, which I think they did.
7: And uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, fascinating. And in St Albans, an appropriate adult in a former life, uh, something that none of my team could be classed as being. Mary's in Hemel. Morning, Mary. Good morning. Let's Ian. get rid of police stations. We don't need them. It would save a fortune. You could have your local cop shop. Could be in your local Morrison's or your Lidl. Oh,
25: God forbid. Oh, you know, I, I well, I don't know. I don't. I can't really say whether I'd miss my police station. But I, I, I mean, where do I go if I want? If I've got to report a crime? Well,
7: when was the last time you went to the police station? N-
25: not for some years. Exactly I to report a crime. Exactly. But, I live in an area where there isn't much crime, so I'm lucky. But the point I'm making is, I'm, it's getting so depressing just hearing all the time things closing down. We're not, we're not
7: blockbusters.
25: All I hear is, is supermarkets Woolworths, going up and shopping malls,
7: police stations.
25: We, we take. I was saying to uh, your young lady uh, that. Take Hemel Hempstead. We used to have a hospital with three departments: a children's wing, paediatric wing, um, a geriatric wing, rather, all gone. Uh, they've gone. The police station's gone. The college's gone. Uh, they want to reduce the fire stations. We're not doing. We're not opening anything. Just, you
7: but, know, but, I but, don't but, understand? But I, listen, I've had cause to contact the police over the past few years, and I think only once, only once have I gone to the police station to report a crime. All other times, I, it's been on the telephone.
25: Well, it's funny you're saying, I'll tell you a story. My sister lived in Norfolk for many years, and uh, she had a crash uh, on uh, the road from Kings Lynn and Fakenham. She called the police, and she they had to contact somebody in Inverness. Oh. Now, this was must have been about fifteen years ago, so it doesn't seem to be anything new. But okay, the call. But what I'm getting at yep. is the fact that uh, we're not, uh, we're, we don't seem to be opening anything. Uh, call centres are going to India and. Yeah.
7: But the the thing is, right, Mary, the the places that are closing down, they're closing down for a reason, aren't they? Generally, to save money and because people aren't using them. We talk about Woolworths, we talk about Blockbusters, they close down because they're old-fashioned and no one used them anymore. Uh, The fire services, well, you know, technology has improved so much that these fire engines can get to places much, much quicker. We don't need so many fire uh, um, services, uh, stations...
25: I don't know, it just seems to be all public employees, really, that what we call Mm. the essential services. Take, for example, then the A&Es. There was a reason for those. Now there's a terrible situation. Hospitals is they're overcrowded, they
7: haven't got the staff. I, I tell you what's I tell you what's happening though, Mary. What? Some things are closing down, but you could buy yourself in Hightown in Luton, you could buy yourself a lovely disused public toilet for sixty thousand pounds. <laughs> you <laughs> what fancy would I it? Do with it. Well you could I could well I could think of Make two things. Tardis. Well, you could make it. Oh, you could turn it into a nice little cafe. Maybe you could start selling jerk chicken or something.
25: Yes, but who's going to go in there? Because nobody's got any money, as far as I can tell.
7: There you go, you see, Mary. Thank you very much indeed. On the subject of that toilet, Margaret says uh, on Facebook £60,000. No thanks. It's a lot of money for a used toilet. Think of the cleaning. Sue says £60,000. How long before it's changed to another chicken and chip shop? Just what the town needs. I think she's being ironic. And Marco says the one in St Albans Hatfield Road, opposite Morrison's, turned into a nice cafe. I'm not sure Luton can pull it off. I think Luton can pull it off if they wanted to. I'm sure they could. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five, five, five is the telephone number. If you want to uh, give us a call, uh, you can also go to facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr, or you can send me a text eight one three double three. Start your text 3cr. Now, a little over an hour ago, I was starting to tell the story about how I was uh, interviewing. <coughs> What?
8: Nothing. It's my Karen Brady Morant story. I'm sure it's a really good story.
7: So, Karen Brady and uh, Nick Hewer, I think his name is, from The Apprentice, they were promoting a new series of The Apprentice a couple of years ago, and I got to go and interview them. Uh, And I had this Morant, which is like an old-fashioned sort of digital recorder. It's quite bulky. I just Just got it. Does the
8: story get better? Yeah, well... On the scale of one to ten, how interesting are we going to find the story?
7: Well, hang on. How would you... (coughs)
8: i want to clip that for the cough montage.
7: <coughs> is, there, is there a docker in there? Who's that fella? Is it, is it Barry White <laughs> coughing? <laughs> the thing is, when we walked in, everybody started recording, and I couldn't get my thing to record, oh. okay? But the interview had started. The interview was ten minutes long. For four minutes of that ten-minute interview, I was pretending to be recording it. When really I wasn't recording anything. I was just fiddling around trying to get the thing to work. So I'm holding a microphone under Karen Brady's nose and was recording it, but I wasn't recording it. There was not, I couldn't record it. I was, I was miming recording.
8: And then what happened? Did something good happen?
7: There is a PS to that story.
8: Did you record any of it in the end?
7: Bit of it, yes.
8: What did you use it for? Why were, you th- why were you recording? <laughs>
7: But, yes, there is, a, there is a, a PS to this story, a postscript, if you will. <sighs> Traveller Bra- in
8: if you wanted to go to <coughs> Alice.
7: Karen Brady. Stop coughing for Nick, oh. the listener, who's getting off on that. <laughs> Karen worried. Brady was um, wearing uh, uh, a dress that had a slit in it. Okay, so you know you have a slit in a dress. Mm. Is that right? Is that the yeah, term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that buzzing noise?
8: I don't know, I can hear it as
7: well. Anyway, so she had a, a slit in her dress, and let's just say there was a little bit of Sharon Stone going on. Oh, shush. Uh, no, seriously!
8: I don't get that reference. I'll explain it to you
7: after.
12: Mum will explain it to you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs.
13: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 London bound is very slow after an accident at Junction 4 for High Wycombe, Handy Cross Roundabout. There's congestion to 5 for Stoken Church, but all lanes have been reopened now. The M1 southbound is still heavy between Junction 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. And the N25 anti clockwise very slow all the way between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. The A5 is still blocked in both directions between Kensworth and Mark Yate. All emergency services are on the scene with congestion back to Dunstable there. Leaving High Wycombe, the A404 southbound really slow heading towards the M4 along that stretch. Public transport, First Capital Connect have delays of up to 20 minutes now on services via Stevenage. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Thank you very much for that, Alice. It's coming up to 8.46. It's Monday, the 2nd of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A solicitor from Bedford will be sentenced today for persuading a mentally ill brother and sister to sign away their home. Police stations in Hertfordshire are likely to close and the council tax is due to rise to cope with budget cuts at Harts Police. In football, the new football manager, René Mühlenstein, is insisting he can keep the club in the Premier League I hope he can't because I can't keep trying to say his name 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call 846
12: let's get the latest weather shall we
5: Beds, Hearts and
19: Bucks weather
12: BBC Three Counties Radio
19: Good morning. It's a rather misty and murky start to the new working week. A lot of cloud around overnight meant the temperature didn't drop down too far at all. In fact, it's quite a mild start to the day across all three counties, ranging between 5 and 6, maybe even 7 Celsius for some this morning. I've got a bit of mist and fog out there, though. It's going to be quite slow to clear as there's not much wind around to move it anywhere. Once it does lift, we'll get into low cloud and the cloud is going to hang around. Now, it's high pressure that's dominating our weather system for the next few days, so this cloud is kind of locked inside it so it's not going to go too far too quickly. Maximum temperature today 8 maybe 9 Celsius later on this afternoon. Overnight we're hanging on to the cloud. It will thin, may break from time to time and that means we will get one or two mist and fog patches developing again and where the cloud does break it will actually drop in temperature as well so the minimum down to 2 Celsius. Down on the ground where we get the cloud breaks it could actually drop a little bit below so we could maybe get a sparkle or two of frost tomorrow morning. A similar day tomorrow the fog fairly stubborn though it's going to take its time to clear again. Temperature just 7 or 8 Celsius. It's until Thursday. That's when the change will start to happen. It will become much windier. The wind switches around, comes from the north, and it's going to get very, very cold as we head through to the end of the week. And that's your forecast.
7: Thank you very much.
20: 525,600
4: minutes <laughs>
20: Every
25: weekday morning from nine.
10: That is ghastly, it's absolutely disgraceful.
25: Don't talk about morals because he doesn't care about the man in the street. The biggest local talking points. I found out a couple
10: of hours later it was a murder. But over the phone, they phoned me up and told me. I don't know why you're picking
5: on that man. The JBS show. I feel it's out of place in this country. Let
22: me be really frankly honest with
12: you. Local government and government are doing a good job here. I
19: never call in, but I feel so passionate about this topic.
5: The JBS show. Eight days from 9 BBC 3 Counties Radio Across Beds Hearts and Bucks
12: This is Ian Lee
5: BBC 3 Counties Radio
7: It's been one I can I only apologize it's been one of those shows it, it, it's Monday Christmas is kind of in the air let's let's just say it's been a little <laughs> bit You look miserable Catherine I'm so real. You you're, you're not Go home you're not ill. I, uh, you got a little you're bit making of a... it worse by bullying me. You've got a little Can bit of a sore throat, and when I popped into the studio ten minutes ago, your voice didn't sound as bad <laughs> as that. You're doing your sick voice. You're not coming <laughs> in tomorrow, that's fine. How many days do you want to take off this week?
16: Well, um, I'll probably be all right for tomorrow morning. I might be okay.
3: Oh,
7: you're going to soldier on. You're yes. going to so be brave. You won't be in tomorrow. We know that. What, what, what the rest of the week? You are taking the rest of the week off? No, no, it's not the rest of the week job. I just Back. don't want to spread it to you, because it would be awful
16: if you got really ill, wouldn't it?
7: You back on Friday? Thursday? When are you coming back? What What do what you got planned this week? Christmas shopping? Is that what it is?
16: I've done all my Christmas shopping.
7: Oh, oh yeah, yeah.
16: No, yeah. No, I just don't feel very well.
7: This, Let's not go on about it. This eh? is what you need. I can make you. There f- are
16: people outside with worse problems.
7: I can make you feel well. This is what she needs: fresh ginger boiled up, bit of uh, honey, bit of lemon, bosh. Night nurse at night. That will sort you out. That will sort you out.
16: Okay. Fresh ginger. Yeah. Boiled up. Yes. Lemons. Yes. And uh, nightness. Yeah.
7: Well, you have that separately. Don't pour propi- that in. Is
16: there a non-proprietary brand?
7: Nope. That's, that's the best one. Right. Well, let's be honest. No,
16: but will, will I be able to wake up tomorrow morning?
7: Yeah, and you'll have the most amazing dreams <laughs> ever. She won't be in. I, I guarantee. This is why I was, I was apologising for the show sounding vaguely slapdash. Um, that's the reason why. My uh, producer... Dear me, how did that happen? ...is being... Sick. She's being sick. So that's what it is. She won't be in tomorrow. We talked about this last week, that thing when you, you, you know you want to take a couple of days off. Maybe you've got a tickle in the throat. Yeah, of course, of course. But you kind of flag up you're going to be poor. Oh, dear, no, I'm fine. Oh, I'll be fine, I'll be able to, I'll be fine Hey, you shouldn't come in for the rest of the week If you insist, thank you Yeah, Everybody was jive talking to you lads Um, Glenn is in Leighton Buzzard and is now on the radio Good morning, Glenn Morning, Ian Glenn, what can you do for us? Well, I just thought because it's near Christmas
10: We could have a bit of fun with the listeners And see if they could ring up and do impressions of Like taking people off Oh, uh, and uh,
12: yes. It, you know, and
10: at
7: the end of the day, uh, give somebody, uh, uh, I don't know, recognition. We'll give, like them, we'll, do... we'll give them recognition. We can't give them prizes. We're the BBC. Thanks, Jonathan oh, no, Ross uh, and Russell Brand, for that. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'm surprised that you, you think we should be having fun on this show, Glenn. I'm not sure if a breakfast show is, is really the place for laughter oh, and fun. Come on. Go on, then. You, you on can me. obviously do someone yourself. Who can you do?
10: Well, I like to do that, um, not
7: off, but Alan Freeman. Go on, then, do him. I just did. When? Not half. You, you're, <laughs> you're just saying not off. You're not doing the... Yeah, that's, that's what he does, do That's what he says at the end. Yeah, but he says it in his voice, Glenn. He doesn't say well, it in he... Glenn's voice. <laughs> I wish I hadn't rang up now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm being honest. Is there anybody else you can do? No. Uh. I used to be able to do... Um, Bobby Ball a few years Oh, now I listen, the, the kids won't know who stash. Bobby Ball is, but I do know, Glenn, I'm an old man, go on, let's have Bobby Ball. No, no, no I can't now, because my voice is different. Oh. Oh, used to have the- rock on, Tommy, rock on, yeah. Tommy, you got me breasts, Tommy. <laughs> I did used to have red braces for Curly Air as well. There you go, you see, so you had, you had the Bobby, whatever happened to Cannon and Ball, because I genuinely thought they were really, really funny.
10: I saw him, I saw him uh, many years ago. I was in the front row at uh, Stoke.
7: And uh, I went to the loo and they come back and they were picking on my dad. Oh, <laughs> no, really? Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Were they Were they funny? They were great. They really were. They were as silly F off stage as they were on stage. OK. Well, Glenn, listen, I appreciate your call. Thank you. If people want to phone up and do impressions, listen, this is the kind of show I hope you've realised by now. And thank you for that, Glenn. You can phone up and talk about anything you want. Yes, we've got topics and bits and pieces um, that we do, but uh, you can call in about anything you want. Um, just uh, carrying on with our survey of presenters here at BBC Three Counties and uh, finding out what their hobbies are. Just a little bit of an insight into their lives. And it's uh, it's the turn of Tony Fisher. Tony, w- w- what are your hobbies? Drugs, <laughs> prostitution. Excellent. Kelly Betts can do an impression of Catherine Boyle, apparently. Uh, but we'll get. To, uh, well, you can do that, can you?
8: Yeah. Are Go you on. Ready? <coughs> <laughs>
7: Anne's on the line. Good morning, Anne.
25: You bully. Sorry? You bully.
7: That's a very tough term to be throwing around like that, young lady. In (laughs) what way am I bullying?
25: Listen, poor Catherine. What about you the other week? Yeah. Right? You sneezed crooked twice. Oh, you had to have a week off. You and Roberto, you're two of the big softies you are. Poor Catherine, she struggled through. You whinge, Roberto whinge. If you sneeze crooked, leave her alone. Bye, darling.
7: Bye. Well, that was the last time we'll be taking a call from Anne. Obviously, absolutely bonkers. What on earth is she talking about? Me and Roberto whinging? No, 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 no. We are we are artists. I, I like to class myself and Roberto as artists. We're very, very sensitive. any change in the vibrations and we could be in very, very serious trouble. So... Thank you very much for that. Now we've been talking about police stations possibly closing down to save money. David Lloyd was in saying, "Well, yeah, we, we police services, police stations as we know them might change, but we could move uh, frontline policing to you know maybe uh, the the fire station, council offices, maybe even your local Tesco or ASDA." Well, we sent Sophie Solaria out and about today. Sophie, good morning. Good morning. You've been a very, very good sport this morning. Thank you. Yes. Are you still wearing a moustache? Yes. We- which one?
18: Uh, this time I'm now wearing the white one. Let me just check who that is right there. I?
7: Um. I didn't know that moustaches had um, t- famous.
18: Rudyard Kipling. R- Ru-
7: who? I'm Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling, okay. He's the
18: one that wrote about the whale.
7: If, if a girl can wear a moustache and still look hot while all around you are not, or something like that. I don't Do you know quite
18: what's know. it's funny. Go on. Asking people about their police and if they want their police station to stay while wearing oh, no.
7: a quiro moustache. You didn't. You didn't wear a, a pyro moustache while you were asking them, did you? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah. mate, no.
18: Yeah, no, because I was being a policeman. He was one, you know, before he died. Right. So, should
7: we listen to what you have to say?
18: Oh, all right. Yeah. Would you miss your local police station if it closed down?
21: Yeah, it'd be a bad thing, wouldn't it? Because the local community sort of looks for somewhere to go and somebody to talk to should something happen I mean, they're closing down more and more especially the little local ones and for the older folk and whatnot, it's harder to get to is it not?
18: When was the last time you used York police station?
21: The last time I went into one to see them I expect about coming on for a year ago now but just for a bit of advice to be fair but you know they're always helpful I mean even trying to get hold of them on the phone is difficult now it's just one of those things, isn't it? Would
18: you miss your police station if it closed down? Yes, definitely. It's a, definitely a part of the community that you need. So, yes, it would be missed. Do you go in there often to report crime or...? Luckily,
0: where we live, there isn't a big crime. However, certain things you need to ask police regarding safety, kids, that sort of thing. So, yes, I do pop in there. And you, sir? I'm
10: yeah. from Luton, I'll, I'll come from...
18: What, would you miss yours in Luton?
10: Oh, absolutely. There's a you always always see uh, police cars coming out and going in and, you know... I'm always in there every so often just to report things
11: and what I've seen.
18: And your experience of going into <coughs> a police station, would you say that that was a... Was it a secure one? Do you do you feel sort of at ease that it's open for you?
10: Oh, yeah, because even if you don't want to speak in front of people, they're more than welcome to take you around the back and have a word of you privately. Yeah, it's... it's- you always feel safer, safer when there's one near you. And if it went? Well, it, you just wouldn't feel right, would
7: it? I see, the interesting thing here is, Sophie, yeah. lots of people saying, oh, yes, we've missed the police station, when did you last go? Ah, well... Uh, four
18: years ago. E-
7: exactly, and that's I the thing. That very, very little crime uh, g- gets reported by people turning up at the police station. It's all done on, on the telephone. I can't
18: remember the last time I went to my local police station.
7: I went to the local police station uh, to report a crime seven years ago, um, but uh, before and after that, it's always been done on the the telephone.
18: On the telephone. Uh, It's really difficult to talk to you with these moustaches on, because they kind of hinder your lips.
7: Okay, it's a moustache. Uh, It's not stopped you posting about 17 selfies on Twitter, though, has it?
18: Well, I didn't have much to do.
7: Hang on a minute, you've had loads to do.
18: I know, but... I look really good in all of them. I had to share.
7: You do, fair play. You look hot with a moustache, man, seriously. I'm keeping it. Yeah, you should do. I'm gonna. Okay, Sophie, thank you very much. You've been a good sport today. Yeah. Ta-ta. Thanks, bye. There we go, you see, Sophie Solaria. When when is Dealey back?
16: Tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow. Soz.
7: (laughs) I'm expecting a cough from this young lady.
16: (laughs) I don't want a cough.
7: You should do. There's a little tickle in the back of your throat and you need to clear it. Go on.
16: I really could do with a cough.
7: Have a little cough, cough. Go on. <coughs> That's just for that. We had someone texting in saying he found co- uh, uh, Kath's Coughs. It's a great name for a band, guys. It's out there. You can have it. Kath's Coughs, erotic. Deary, deary me. Ridiculous people. Right. Uh, oh, gosh, look at the time. i better shut up. Let's get the travel news now, shall we, with Alice. <laughs>
13: M40 London Bounds very slow after an accident at Junction 4 for the High Wickham Handycross Roundabout. Congestion back to 5 for Stoke and Church there. The M1 Southbound still heavy between 12 for Flittick and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise is struggling between 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. The A5 still blocks in both directions between Kensworth and Mark Yate uh, with congestion back to Dunstable there after an accident. Woburn the High Street has been reopened after a car turn over at Layton Street. On public transport, First Capital Connect have delays of up to 30 minutes on services via Stevenage. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed.
7: Oh, dear we got through today's show. By the way, listen, we had that gentleman calling up saying he wanted to do impressions. The show is, and I hope you've worked this out, it is kind of a free-for-all. You can call in with pretty much anything you want. You've been good sports today. Thank you very much. JBS up next from me till tomorrow. Ta-ta. Local and vocal
5: across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
14: you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Start of a new week. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in, Would you turn a blind eye
4: to someone shoplifting food? The most recent British crime figures show that more...